Hello and welcome to Spotlight, the official podcast of Grapple. I'm Benham. I'm JP. And I'm Andrew. Hey, there we go. Hey. There we Andrew go. Thompson, post-wrestling. Oh, look, that's good. Okay. That's, <laughs> I, I appreciate y'all having me on, man. I, you know what? That is one of my favorite intros because it was so smooth. There we go. We just boom, boom, boom. But we good. But not, but not uh, Benno and JP. Good to see y'all. Uh, like I said, off air, uh, JP, congratulations to you and your significant other, man. On the, on the, the new forthcoming addition, addition to the family, man. I'm sure you're going to be great at being a pop. So, yeah, best of luck to you, my man. Oh, thank you. There, there's a lot of kids already of all varying ages. <laughs> You've got 18 years worth of experience moment. here, Andrew. It is. It's <laughs> oh, oh, really? oh, I know that. I bet. Got to no, it's brilliant. Like, <laughs> go ahead, go, JP. It's mad. So there's an 18 year old, a 16 year old, an eight year old, a five year old. There's going to be a baby, and all four are boys as well. <laughs> so just for the sake of variety, like, it's not, I'm going to reject if, 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 if I have another son. But it would be nice for the sake of variety. I think we're both of that of that ilk. I'd also be absolutely shitting myself entirely because it's brave new world stuff. And I'm praying that the age is somehow going to be traded up for experience. So the energy that I did have is just hopefully replaced by experience. Otherwise, I'm in big, big trouble, especially with these early <laughs> nights, uh, these these late nights and stuff like that. But thank you, Andy. It's been a, it's been a hell of Andy? a week. <laughs> Can we call I'm you saying, Andy? Andy do you like, can we call you Andy? <laughs> That's cool, bro. That's what cool. do you like, you, though? Andrew. Drew? I, I, it, it's cool. I, I, I the one that's cool. Drew, Andrew. Like, I, it, it don't really matter to me, bro. As long as people know, like, it's either Andrew, Drew, Andy, I guess. That's cool, no, too, bro. No, you I, don't like Andy. I'm no, like, he's on a I British podcast now, GP. He's Andy. You're Andy when you're here. You're Andrew when you're on post. There you go. That's the rule. <laughs> Hey, bro, I, I was thinking about the uh, the last time we. I think the last time we were all on screen together was the yes. Uh, up next rumble. Up next rumble. Mm. Was man. that it? When uh, when that man Neil Flanagan, hey, hey Benno and JP, you know this is the perfect opportunity <laughs> right here. We got the post day coming up, yep. November eighteenth or nineteenth. Mm. My dates is confused. Whichever day is full gear, that day is a Saturday. Yeah, Neil Flanagan is going to be there. I haven't seen. I have never met Neil before, but I, I I just want to put this this out there. Neil, we got to beat the squash, brother. You eliminated me. You ruined my chance of winning the up next rumble. I will never let this go. This is a grudge that must be settled. So y'all, so on, on top of the podcast that's gonna be taking place that day, all, all the all the family atmosphere that's gonna be in the air, you're gonna see the beef unfold between Neil Flanagan and Andrew Thompson. Not now. Do you know what you could do? Whenever Neil posts an article up on post, you could just slightly alter it. Go in there. Neil, what you're saying, mate? Like you've 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 just said Brock Lesnar's joined AEW. Try to sabotage his journalism career, get him over down. It's you know, it's wrestling. You can get away with it. Like politics exactly out. what they do. Oh, but I love it, loving the grudge being out. I was shocking at that thing. Like, honestly, to God, I was all over the I was yeah. I was just, I didn't want to go out first. That was it. Was I am scared. It's gonna be, 
if there's going to be anything like that going on. Like it's it's being being embarrassed in on a podcast. There's one thing in real life um, in front of the uh, the post universe. Nope. I'm a little bit a uh, little bit worried. Hey, 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 Benno, you want to know what's crazy? I, I had heard. I think John. I think John and Wayne said it publicly. Uh, I think on Rwanda Dynamite, but that mm-hmm. uh, Davy and Brayden actually gonna be doing like one of the games, games at the thing. Man, the embarrassment level, like like you just said, like basically repeat what you just said. The embarrassment level of like is completely different, like on screen opposed to like all these people. <laughs> you know? I am somebody asked you like the most simple question, and you can't figure it out. <laughs> See, I'm looking forward to because it, it's like I almost I feel like I'm the bastard son of post coming home. Like we we planned our like. <laughs> You were like trippy, like me and Steph, so it was all sorts. And then, then we found out everyone's coming. So I made up, gonna get to meet you, get to meet WH, get to meet John and Way, you know, Brandon, Neil, everyone, David Braden, the whole guy, like everyone's there. Unfortunately, obviously, Martin's uh, not over. I'll be me and Neil will be representing the uh, the Europeans, oh. um, but yeah, obviously, John Cedo there as well. Yeah. I can't wait, but it's like. Ever since I've stopped doing BWE, it's like I don't know. I feel I feel like you know I'm like the the out with the outcast um, sons of uh, of post wrestling here coming back. I don't know whether I might uh, maybe we'll have to start up BWE again or something like that. Or maybe maybe we can just do it. Mate, we both you're not a drunk you're not a drunk Anit cousin turning up, are you? Like, <laughs> you <take> <laughs> something before you go in there. Like, I feel like Benno and Thompson's <laughs> wrestling adventure. That's what it is. That's what we're gonna we'll, we'll launch uh, it on ooh. the weekend. Let's go. We'll get a t-shirt, mate. Hey, hey, look. Hey, AJP. Fucking awesome. He tried to get Martin to hate me. That, that's, that's what's happening right now. That's what he does. <laughs> oh, he is. He's trying, he's trying to get Martin to turn on you. Ben Owen Thompson's wrestling adventure. Um, you know, my, my first, uh, my, my first, my first, I'm, I'm going to make Ben sit through like a, like a 2003. We're going to rewatch like No Way Out. Scott Steiner and Triple H, they can watch that. <laughs> we already did that we on Raw. A couple, couple, couple. <laughs> <We're> idiots. <laughs> Suplex fest. Did we do that? I feel like we might have. <laughs> y- 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 y'all did no way out two thousand three. Oh yeah, I think that was, we did Triple H's Reign of Terror as a mixtape. It was a real mistake. Yeah. Let's not oh, do that. Yeah, yeah. Let's do anything. Oh else. my lord, <laughs> that was horrible. That was horrible. Was it like we went from like oh god. That, that, that's scarred by that i'm trying to think of yeah the the Ste- the steiner match is the one it's just like the zenith of this of just like what am i watching Bro. i remember watching it i remember being genuinely excited I was like, scott steiner's coming in thank god just like he's gonna kick off right and it's just belly to belly belly to belly <laughs> belly to belly and you're like what's going on here like come on lads and you thought he's done it he's, he's triple h it fitted into all our conspiracy theories. That's so much venom I've released doing podcasts about that man. I feel almost zen about him these days. <laughs> Still prefer to do him Brit Res, though. So, you know, it, well, might, uh, it might work. Although his his latest thing, I don't know if this leads it leads into it, but with oh. uh, whatever that monstrosity thing that was on SmackDown that he's writing Uh-oh. at the minute, in case we think Uh-oh. that Triple H is getting it together. <laughs> Who, uh, <laughs> you mean Bo Selector Barry? <laughs> yeah, Bo Selector Barry Windham. Oh, yeah, that's it. JP, you were going to quiz Andy on his awareness of British quiz shows. Yeah. What's your awareness of Bo Selector, Andrew? What, any 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 knowledge? Have you seen this meme Bro, going I, around I, of, uh, of Bray from uh, from SmackDown? I, I, 
I, I know what you're talking about. I, I was I was laughing because I was thinking about like which I was gonna say next about the like the Uncle Howdy stuff. I don't know what oh, Bo yeah. Select is, but but, but I, I was more I was more so laughing at the thought of like which I was gonna say next. But yeah, he said what, what Simon said Uncle Howdy was proper Bo. Oh, I don't know what Bo Select. What's Bo Select? What is that? What is he's <laughs> he's a comedian who just wears big masks who does impressions of like celebrities <laughs> and. He would go around like he'd do one. Of, he would do one, but he'd always do them in like a Midlands accent and stuff like that. And he did one of like Craig David, and he and he would just be so be be wearing these massive. The human masks. analogy is Craig David made it to America. I'm not sure. I did, didn't I'd make it be very far. surprised. He didn't make it that far. <laughs> what out, is what is this? So like the masks, and as soon as you see that, like the uncle, yep. yeah, yeah. That's that's it. That's what he does. Like he wears like massive masks as like loads of various different type of celebrities, and yeah. So if you're gonna go, like, I, I would do the voice, but like, it's the like if you want to do like, I can't do it. It's too embarrassing. This will get sound clipped. Bray Wyatt. I can't do it. I can't do the, the daft voice that he does for it as well. But what was that? Like in all seriousness, like is is the guy Andy uh, trying to sing like the way you just said it? Mm-hmm. Said Craig yeah. David, <laughs> just go like, and it was and it was as if, as if Craig 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 David is from Blackburn, which I I know I, I, you'll never want to go there, Andy to Blackburn. Hey, hey, so so with the with the Uncle Howdy stuff, you know, so when mm. I first watched it, I, I, I remember I had like. I, I had uh, I, I sent I sent one of the um what one of the one of the clips to to Martin and, and I was I was like I was like bro when I first when I first watched it I was like I was like this it looked goofy as shit and then I remember <laughs> when I when I watched it the second time I was like oh I was like um well maybe maybe it's not that bad and I had sent that to Martin Martin was like no bro your first instinct was right it was goofy as shit he was like stick to your first instinct. <laughs> So, but so, so no. Nah, in all honesty, though, like I'm, I'm gonna be real. I ain't, I ain't gonna sit here and bluff on the on the street for y'all, bro. Like I, I've always liked Bray Wyatt. I'm not gonna sit here and act like I don't. Like I, I do. I think some of the stuff he does like a little out there, but also I, I'm like slight, slightly entertained by s- some, if not most of that stuff. But like with this Uncle Howdy thing, I, I, I thought that it was gonna be more so along the lines of like. It was gonna be like the mask was gonna be something similar to what we saw at Extreme Rules, like the thing that looked like the the mask on the black phone. It was gonna mm-hmm. be something like that, like something that yeah. something that looks cool to majority of the audience. You you would think it for for, for people that are interested in what Bray Wyatt presents. But like like again, like when I first saw it, I was like, ah, it's kind of, it's this kind of like some some like goofy shit, and, and more so, I think it was because like the way that they sort of shot it, like when they had those steel shots of like the, the, the mask looking straight and it was just like, it, it, it just, it just looked weird. But mm. like, again, when I watched it a couple of times, I went and watched it like three or four times after, like just to like listen to what the character, what what they're trying to portray with this thing. And I was like, I, I, I think I'm also curious to see what's next before I'm like fully like judging it or like down on it. But I, I, I am curious to see what happens next because i know they did trademark the uncle uh uncle harper character and i like wow, yeah. i know i know I, I know a lot of people were like you know assuming that that's going to be some type of tribute or some type of likeness or whatever to Brody lee 
So yeah. I, I think I'm I think I'm more so curious to see like how that turns out, and maybe that'll be something more uh, appealing, I guess, to, to to me to watch on yeah. TV than the Uncle Howdy stuff. But I, I'm I'm not gonna lie, I, I I am interested to see see where it goes. But my initial uh you know uh, reaction to it was like what. I think I think they can save it if it really is Barry Windham. Like I'd love. How has Tony Khan oh. considered he signs every ex WWE wrestler in the sun? Not use Barry Windham yet. I would love it to be. Barry no Windham one uses yet. Barry. Be the man behind the mask, mate. When Barry Windham was good, no one used Barry Windham. Yeah, that's like true. that's the shocking but, thing. It feels like Mike Rotunda got more more use than him, which is shocking. <laughs> bro, bro, did y'all see? People found out that. Uh, that they saw, they saw like the ring that was in the air, and they like linked that to like Bo Dallas. I was like, bro, y'all need to be in the FBI. How do y'all see? Like, I, I did not, bro. bro I, I did not notice that at all. Like they, they, like they found a picture of Bo Dallas like wearing that exact same like uh, uh, Jesus piece earring. Yeah. I was like, bro, I don't know how people like discover that stuff, but like I, they, I know. Um, I don't think it's been like officially confirmed by like any other outlets, but I know. Uh, it came from, I believe, Byron Alvarez. He said on the Wrestling Reserve Live that Bo Dallas is back with WWE. So, um, I mean, if, if he's going to be involved in this, then I mean, I think that kind of, I think that makes sense. And I mean, shout, shout out to Bray, like, hey, if you're going to bring me back, you got to bring Bro back too. Like, so, so, do we? I mean, can, do we yeah, draw I, the line at IRS though? <laughs> Do we? I, I can imagine, imagine Mike to coming out with like a Bo Selector mask on in like the full IRS suit as well. If it was just like, like a really dirty version of that suit, like dirty IRS in half, like if he did. But I mean, as a Bray Wyatt fan, is there mm. like in terms of like with your fandom? of him as a character because this is the fine thing I find intriguing like they're definitely like kind of I imagine there's peaks and troughs where you think Bear in mind. Really interest him and then he'll kind of win it round J- JP is the uh, man who coined the term fiend the file I'll just throw it out there Andrew. that is not, bad we're not accusing you of anything <laughs> fiend the file <laughs> no, the really so, extreme so fans are insane they hand. are the fucked he, he said that, Andy said they're going full Wyndham and start counting cash <laughs> is that what he did <laughs> oh Barry Come on, mate. If they put that title on him at Great American Bash 91 over Luger, he then has a cracking feud with Ron Simmons all throughout the winter. What a different world we're in. WCW win the end. But, um, like, was he counterfeiting cash? Andy, you're uh, not a scoop on this one, have you? Mate? I, 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 I have no clue. I have no clue, but but I'm not going to make sure. Wrestling's Andrew Thompson breaks the news that Barry Windham is a tax cheat. Can't do Sorry, but but uh, JP, to answer your question, like mm. I mean, I, I've always been like a um like interested in Bray Wyatt's presentation over the years, and I, I think more so that has to do with like so so sort of just the, the the shit booking that he's endured over the years, and how somehow he's remained relevant and popular amongst, uh, assumingly like the general audience. Like I, I think that more so is like the like even you go back to the whole Edo World thing that he was doing. Like a lot of people felt that he should have went over on John Cena. They felt like that was like the the big thing for him. It didn't happen. You had that uh you know that moment when he was the WWE champion, and I think he lost the belt like a month later at WrestleMania to Randy Orton, which was you know and then Randy ended up dropping the Jinder Mahal. 
Hey, bro. Look, I, I I know a lot of people get mad at that. I, I laugh at that every time, bro. That, that <laughs> the, the, the the reaction on social media that night was one of my favorite moments, bro. It was hilarious. Pure comedy that night on on, on Twitter was that was that night. But like, and and even going back to the fiend stuff, like I remember when they when they brought that back, I was like on the build up to it. And I know y'all probably gonna clown me for this, but I was like, it's it's no way WWE gonna fuck this up. And lo and behold, yeah. <laughs> here we go. Job of the Bill Goldberg in uh in Saudi Arabia, man, for uh and you know, got 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 rid of the whole character, but now that was funny to I, I, I enjoyed that. The, I just I just did the, the feed the files all crying into their fiend masks. I thought that was <laughs> Oh, that's a stroke of genius. Out, out of curiosity, the granddad, who I'm assuming he's dead at this point, because otherwise you'd wheel them all out at this point, wouldn't you? You'd make a great <laughs> yeah, stable. This like done for counterfeiting cash, which if you went back to that kind of Florida Everglades character version of when he first came in, yeah, yeah. you tie in, in some sort of Ozark-style theme. I could go much more on, on board with, with that. I, it just feels like I don't know if... <laughs> Are they going to put him into a feud? This is I, where I'm thinking, like, because the story is, is is it like Roman and that obviously feels like, like the, the line back has been like, where do you go from there then? At that with itself right now. That's what it feels like. Yeah, Bray versus Bray. But you want to know the interesting thing, JP, is that uh, I think Seth Rollins even said this. I think he said it in an interview with Ariel Herwani. Uh, when they was doing the whole BT Sport uh, thing, on the, I think it was on the lead up to, it was, I think it was on the lead up to Clash of the Castle. But he was talking about like the Bray Wyatt stuff, and he he essentially said that when when people feuded with the Fiend character, or like when they feuded like when they feuded with that specific version of Bray Wyatt, nobody came out of that looking good. Like for the for, for the most part, like it. And, and I, I think with with this, I think they got to be real careful in how they do this because like I'm I'm trying to figure out how they're gonna get this version of Bray Wyatt in his first on-screen program because like Benno said like essentially right now it seems like he's just feuding with himself like it's like the the whole inner demon thing trying to you know mm. bring out these different layers and I think it's going to be a while before we see most of these characters on screen like they're probably going to do the rollout of the the you know we saw the Uncle Howdy they're probably going to roll out the Uncle Harper and you'll probably see like the Fiend you know you probably see like the you know the one with the the the, the Hawaiian shirt Bray Wyatt yeah. you know, so you'll, probably, you'll probably see like different versions of that but like, see, honestly, bro, I think they need to stay away from championships. Like, that does not need to happen. No championships. Like, and because I, I feel like I feel like once you once you got the title, then that's when I think that argument comes into play, which I think is a, a honestly, but I I think it's a for for me personally, I've never like watched Bray Wyatt for his wrestling. Like, that's never that's never been something that I was like, you know, oh my, he's like that. It's always been the character stuff for me, but. When you have the championship, then that becomes a fair argument because you can't just be like holding this yeah. shit hostage, bro. Like you, you, you know what I'm saying? You, you, you need the the the, the in ring stuff. And this is for me personally, when you have the championship, that's when the in ring stuff. Like I need to see, you yeah. know, so I need to see what I want to see as far as like the in ring stuff. So you've got to be I think, a I think, performer then, haven't you? Exactly. I I think that they need Jeez. to <laughs> they, they need they need to they need to think very like strategically about how they're going to present Ooh. this character. 
the writer bring because like me and JP, like I didn't expect us to, to kick off with uh, with Fiend talk. Fiend watch twenty twenty two. We'll be on in a minute for uh, any spoilers this morning to this. Thing. But like <laughs> genuinely, me and JP have always said we're not fans of him whatsoever. But like mm. when he got released, it was like what well, he, he was clearly like the biggest merch seller in the company. It was obvious. Yeah. You just had to walk. You had to go to any show. You'd see hundreds of the cunts and the masks and the t shirts with the replica belts, all of that stuff. And it's been proven he's come back. And like last week, he's barely done anything since he's come back. The story is actually moving really slowly. It's self-contained. Mm. It's only him. They could probably be doing a lot more. But they're actually showing restraint with him this time. And he's come back and he's beaten, you know, Reigns and and the Usos and 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 Sami Zayn in like merchandise sales and stuff. Because whether we whether me and JP love it or not, and whether you know our listeners are going to be the mm-hmm. types to to be you know fiend fans. There's fucking millions of the fuckers out there who love him. He's yeah. he's worth it if yeah. you can keep him siloed in, in his own little thing. But I was just gonna say, like, we want to get a couple of news notes in while we uh, we got you for the first uh, hour, Andrew. I mean, I say all that. Smackdown mm. this week only did eight hundred thirty-five thousand viewers, so I think WWE are in the mud and bro, why it's not a draw. To be honest, I mean, uh, the Phillies won the World Series. <laughs> it was on curiosity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did, did they? Was it? It was like a they did like five six million something like that. Um, Way over what uh, what SmackDown's doing. 11.5 million, sorry. Yeah, because I need to check this because my sister lives just outside of Philadelphia, so the Phillies would be her team. Hence, Mm. like, I haven't got a. It's them and the Eagles (laughs) are having the season. I'm wearing a 76ers. Like, you know, kind of said, I'm ready for the Uncle Howdy for Jeter match. To be honest, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he says he he says he likes that. He likes that strong style. He likes that King's Road. Like, go on, do it with Jeter. Good luck on that one. No, it's uh, it's one one at the minute. So that's going to be if that's going to be a tight series. That's going to eat into all of the competition because as, as Suit Williams said, um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we, are we still in the sporting equinox? at the moment where everything is going to kind of get swallowed up because you've got four sports ongoing in the States. And mm-hmm. because you've got that, like that's going to kind of eat up the competition. It'll may force further moves if, onto and FS1 it, and the like. Let's say the real, real quick, man, the, the Cavaliers, my Cleveland my Cleve Cavaliers doing good, man. I, I'm, I'm so happy. But, man, we've been in the trenches for years. I'm, I'm so mm-hmm. happy because we, we, we finally got a superstar player, Donovan Mitchell. It's, it's looking beautiful right now, man. I'm a happy fan right now. I'm very, very pleased. We 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 had a good start right now. I'm just hoping we can maintain it for the rest of the season because this, you know, it's, it's going to get crunchy once the once the playoffs come around. But I'm excited. So any, anybody that's watching right now, go root over my Cavaliers. Very need to ask you as well, very quickly. Premier League, Andrew, do you follow any of that? I do not. I do not. But you, but you know, they, maybe uh, Fulham. For shits and giggles. Oh my god! Oh, did you see fuck that the the fucking Tony Khan because uh, the the mm. Jags were in uh, England. He flew over Orange Cassidy uh, and Prip Baker to see right. a nil nil ball draw with Fulham versus Everton. I yeah. wonder what they made of that. Like you, saw, there was like a. I was watching it on um, on TV. They had uh, Tony Khan and his uh, and Shag Khan like on screen, just looking sat uh. in the stands, just looking miserable. I would have loved the camera to pick up Orange Cassidy in Britain, like what they made. It was a grim weekend stuff. as well. It's been a grim <laughs> weekend. I, 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 I had caught like a, a glimpse of like what Fulham fans think of uh Tony when when I, so I, I when they had wished him happy birthday. When I looked at the quote tweets, I was like, damn. I was like, you you throw Tony. I was like, damn. Is he is he like 
well, like I mean, I, I don't I don't really keep up with it like that, but like I saw like so many quotes, like people was going at him. I was like, God damn, <laughs> like what's Tony Khan do to the people? Mate, Fulham are having a good year. By Fulham, oh, they are they're having yeah. a great year because they're like mid-table obscurity. And all you need to do is survive because <laughs> each season is basically worth like a hundred million. So it's just like oh. you stay, like the money is ridiculous because it's Premier League and it's global like TV rights and the rest of it. So you just need to stay there. And they're having a much better year. Um, they've got a big guy up front, and I tell you, him versus Brock Lesnar. They, if he's not making an appearance, so they're craving a it, well, I, If only they, they haven't got Akin Fenwell, they, they've got um, Alex is that, uh, is that, is that Alexander Mitrovic. Is that the guy? I hope I'm not confusing him, but I, I know there's one footballer. He's uh he's making his debut for progress. Is that is that the guy yeah. you're talking about, Ben? Belter oh, referred to him in the Observer this week as the one of the strongest wrestlers. One of the, sorry, one of the strongest players in soccer. And it was like maybe technically because he's a big guy. He was like he was, uh, he was basically a nice. meme, wasn't he, JP? Like a third league. Like he never made it to like the top level of like Premier League football. He never played. He got, n- yeah, he got I mean, over. There's a goal in him. Yeah, I saw him score against Oxford. So he played like lower league, but he was like, it, it was just two men in one. He's like <laughs> one of the biggest, because I had six just going away, dug out. And I was like, he's the dictionary definition of when you describe someone as a unit. It's like, yeah. he's a unit. He's a proper unit. And he had this whole beast mode thing. So he's kind of got this whole career and, and kind of public life. And he, and he was one of the strongest players in FIFA. Mm-hmm. That is where a lot of this kind of comes from. Oh, so yeah. like... If he's getting in the rest, I mean, I'm all over that. Because if ever there was a footballer who needed to get in there and he doesn't need to do much, everyone just needs to bump off him. That's all you need to do is just yeah. sell, like, for a million dollars. When you knock him off his feet, you can get that flash pin. Protect Adiak <laughs> in Fenwick because there's money in that. I just love that Melter went straight to like. I'm surprised he didn't have his bench press stats in the in the Observer. He loves that. Like he's, he'd have like detailed like. Oh, this week John Cena actually deadlift, and it'd be the exact amount. It's like, what's your source on this? Is it like some dude? <laughs> Is it Cena himself? How do you know? <laughs> and why and do you he, care? <laughs> and he can't play ninety minutes. By the way, he only would like he'd only come yeah. on as a sub. So he'd basically be like a super sub because Andy describes he's a body he's a bodybuilder, but he can mm-hmm. poach and score. And when you throw him on with like 15 minutes to go, because he can't run a lot, because just the sheer muscle mass. Um, like, But he can cause absolute havoc <laughs> in the last 10 minutes of a game. I've seen it. I've seen him do it for like Wickham against Oxford. Like, and the- he's, he's just like, you can't do anything about it. You can't bounce him off the ball. You're just not going to tell him where to go. He's just going to run into you. He's, he's <laughs> glorious. First 10 minutes. Same thing. Bro, I'm, I'm I'm laughing at it. I I I just thought about what Benno just said about the child saying this stuff. He was like, he's like, Nelson, like, where where are you getting this source from? Right? It's like, no. <laughs> it's got to be Cena himself. It's like Jericho this week. Like, it might as well oh. be like the source is John C. Sorry, J Cena. That's too obvious. It's like this week. It's like every every quote in the Observer this week is like C Irvine. Oh, sorry, no, Chris I. It's fucking. It's you can literally go through those quotes in this week's Observer and just imagine Jericho's shit and hey, voice, and it's fucking him. Every single one. Every quote. In My there, source is from New York. <laughs> Wink. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, Omaha State as well. <laughs> I told him he was a cancer to the locker room. It's like, oh, he's such a fucking cunt. It's so obviously him. Oh, what that was make? a hell of a report in the episode. Hey, 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 hey just to jump into that, bro, because I know we're going to talk about it, but like, I had brought this up when I was doing the, uh, the NWA podcast with, with, with Nate, Chris, and Rich. 
when we were talking about how that uh that that story got leaked that uh that Jericho one up MVP in that hotel lobby that one time. Oh and my it, God. It, 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 it just relayed how, how Jericho got the best MVP and that MVP apparently apparently didn't do nothing in that situation. But needless to say he got the last laugh every time. Yeah, <laughs> but but it, it's it's so clear that that stuff came from came from Jericho. But but you you want the thing about that is like it, it when you when you get stuff out there and like especially since CM Punk hasn't uh, hasn't like got the complete side of, of like his his side of things yet, like I'm talking about like a complete standpoint, it yeah. it like sort of alienates Punk already. Like if if, it, if that wasn't already the situation, then it further alienates him because it's like oh well now everybody hates this dude and like it and and now it it further adds like whether it's reputable or not. Like you know because we, we we all assume that it's coming from Chris Jericho, but like whether that's reputable or not coming from that that direct person, it further adds credence the, the longer that it's out there without it being um combated that you know everybody hates this dude and if it's if it's it that that sort of idea that you know things are so drastic now in a better way that he's not there anymore you know what i'm saying so like it it, it then it also puts tony khan in a weird spot because it's like the longer this stuff stays out there and it doesn't get addressed from the other side it's like you gonna look bad if you bring this dude back and it's it, the idea out there is that like everybody cannot stand him, and the only person that wants him back is Tony Khan. Mm. Yeah, I think that Jericho's been very opportunist with this. Like he's clearly like Fightful outright were quoting him, so it's clear he's gone to Fightful. Clear he's gone to the Observer. Mm. He's putting that narrative out there. Whereas I, I honestly think, like I was listening to since we did the weekend show on Friday, JP Nick Hausman um did the podcast mm. um over the weekend i'll try and find the uh, the name of it might be a for, for, for your famous transcriptions andrew might be a might be one for the uh, the post main site <laughs> like and he's talking about how because a lot of like a lot of like the, the narrative has been oh isn't it fishy that punks leaked all this stuff about his dog the day the books come back and the cowsman's like no i asked him that day because it was a story again it wasn't like they came to me so it's it's quite interesting to hear him talk about it and he even mentions that like it's actually not him it's one of the other hosts on the podcast mentions that the night of all out um punk called omega presumably to say thank you for getting the dog out the way you know when it was all when it was all kicking off and i honestly think you know what omega's like he's not really like an alpha type personality i could see him and yeah. punk making up maybe the books would have been a problem but i don't think they'd have been that much of a problem when it comes to bringing punk back it's clear from these stories that it is it's jericho leading the charge he sat there he let punk come in he took that dynamite and rampage off let him let him have his shine and then he just sat back and went i'll let you crash and burn i'll say let's just see what happens and as soon as punk has crashed and burned he's been right in there in tony khan's ear getting this new contract taking over backstage leaking these yeah. stories to the sheets it's like it's a master political work i'm not even slacking off it's like it's impressive to be honest. Hogan level stuff hey bro bro you, you want to know what's crazy is that like it like just to further piggyback on what you just said jericho is like really putting himself in that position where he's like the to, to the public he is that guy in the locker room like the enforcer quote unquote but when, like, like you got guys like danielson and moxley who wrestlers in AEW have openly said in interviews that are locker room leaders and you'll never hear like none of that shit from them they're not out here like hey i did this is my I'm, I'm out here running this because so, like, I, I i think i think jericho had, i mean in, in a sense i think everybody has an ego 
But like, I think Jericho's ego is like just a little bit bigger than everybody else's. Oh, yeah. he, he he likes that public decorum and that you know that attention that comes with with, with all of that. And you know, I I, mm-hmm. I I I still I still would never um you know let go of how Jericho was showing his ass in 2020 with the with that All Lives Matter shit he was on. Like I I I, I like but whenever I see him on TV, I can it's it's very difficult for me to enjoy. Jericho as a wrestler, even though me personally, I, I do think he's doing some of his best work at this stage mm-hmm. of his career. I think this is probably his best portion of his career, like from 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 this particular stage, like th- dating back to like 2017. Like, let's go from 2017 to now. I think this is his best work that he's doing. Fucking great work. But like, I, like just for me personally, it's very difficult for me to separate the on-screen character from the individual who has like openly shown like his beliefs and stuff like that. That's like very difficult for me. But like just just going back strictly to the rest and stuff, I do think that he's sort of leading the charge, like I've been said of make sure you alienate CM Punk and then sort of make it difficult to to if he comes. But I wanted to ask y'all, like, do y'all think there's a chance that CM Punk could come back? Like, do you think there's a possibility of that? I can't see how just given how stubborn he is. Yeah. I, I think like the, the track record says that he leaves that there is in terms I, of another place of him being able to go to. Yeah, who, would, who would sign him just for the impact? Uh, like, just I, to have that there. That's the only other place where I could see him going to. I think, like, maybe I'm just the, the punk fanboy, but I do think there was a path. Like I say, if 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 the Flames mm-hmm. weren't stoked, you know, if it feels like Tony Khan's had his head turned and it's kind of like he's very firmly maybe taken a side here. Um, mm. It seems like that's what he happens. Has to like, show you strength, well, look, though, doesn't he? Look at the Sammy Guevara well. Andrade stuff. How obvious is it that, well, he was, you know, Sammy's, he's kind of ended up in the Sammy camp. He went to Sammy's bloody wedding, you know, and again, he's got Jericho in his ear over that. That's what, a, that's what it feels like has happened. And it's probably the right call, you know, Punk. I don't know if I agree, he's a, he's a cancer or, or however it was poor, but he's clearly a negative influence. He's clearly, you know, upset enough people, whether you believe what percentage of, you know, people backstage would never work with Punk again. You know, money talks, doesn't it? You know, I think that uh, there was, there's definitely a path and there was money to be made and under, like, traditional kind of wrestling rules, you would expect a promoter to side with Punk or find a way to get Punk back. So I've always thought, you know, that even though like it might not be the completely smartest decision because it might annoy you know a lot of your roster, I could see Punk coming back. I'm at a point now, and I think it's the dog stuff. You know, like we talked about on the weekend show, JP. It's the you know I know it's funny to laugh at. You know this dog be mm. Larry the dog being the main story in like wrestling news over the weekend. Well, Punk does treat that dog like it's a baby, and like if yeah. the thing the point I keep making is I know people are and I know what your take is on Andrew. People are basically like, come on, there's no way that door that door hit that dog based on all the reporting we've heard, based on the fact it's taken this long for the story to come out. My point is that doesn't mm. matter. Punk believes that's what happened. And Punk might be wrong. I've said before about Punk. I've got mates like Punk who hold grudges, who don't really follow the same reality that the rest of us do. As long as he thinks that, he's never coming back. And he probably does think that. He does believe that. And he probably believes they're all against him now. And he's making up all these narratives in his head about the elite and... You know, even the Nick Hausman thing I mentioned again, like he actually rang Nick Hausman apparently or texted him and apologized for calling him out of the school yeah, because he yeah, entirely that. invented that Nick Hausman and Cole Cabana were friends. They like they were completely they were if anything, Nick Hausman hates Cole Cabana more than CM Punk does. You know, <laughs> it's just but he does this he, with, when he's injured, especially, and he's got time on his hands to fucking fester. This is what this is who he is, this is what drives him, that's his personality type. And you're right, JP, he's gonna take that grudge. 
and I don't think he's going to let it go. If anything, that grudge might be enough to get him to WWE because that's just mm. who he is in life. He's never... We've seen it now. We've seen it everywhere he's ever gone. He's never going to be a different human being. This is just CM Punk. Hey, 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 but, but real quick, I wanted to ask you, like, as somebody that's like that has been keeping up with CM Punk, like, the majority of his career, is it is it kind of crazy to like see how just one year ago where we were with CM Punk, like, he was coming off the the all out match with Darby Island, the big big return, one one of the best returns I've ever seen, like, talking about crowd reaction wise. Going to the match with Darby Island, having these matches with Daniel Garcia, uh, he 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 did that uh, the match with Powerhouse Hobbs at Rampage Grand Slam, and you know we on, on the build to, to to all this, and then here we are, fast forward a full year later, he's on the outs with the company. It seems like is is it kind of crazy just to think back to like where we were one year ago and how different the perception of CM Punk as an on screen character and an individual was to where we are right now. Definitely, but it never felt... It, it felt genuine, don't get me wrong, but it didn't feel like CM Punk. Like, me and Gareth had sit on this podcast and mm. like, we, we want angry CM Punk. We, you need something to rally against this happy mm. stage dive and Punk isn't him. You know, like, it was cool that he was happy to be around all these young wrestlers and, and to help them and stuff, but, like, I honestly, I, I've said it a, a million times on this podcast, when Punk won the title off Hangman Page, like, that should have been a big celebration moment for me. I was there in the building, and get me don't get me wrong, I did celebrate, but it felt... Oh no, it felt a little bit tainted because you could already feel it then. You know, Hangman had made that comment about Colt Cabana. They've been the Eddie Kingston feud. Punk was already feel, feeling like just this guy who's coming from the outside and been everything he ever hated in his career. You know what I mean? Mm. He's come in and he's taken the top belt and like, fuck all you guys who are already here. Fuck Colt Cabana. Fuck, you know, this this happy family type thing you had. And it was like, you almost got to be careful what you wish for because like, yes, I mean, Gareth wished for this side of CM Punk to come out and unfortunately it did so yeah it never felt re- real at the start but i mean it gave us an incredible year it there is that you know yeah. we'll, all, we'll be able, i'm sure we'll do a podcast in that one jp we'll do a, <laughs> do a imagine the deep cut we can do on that oh yeah punk had an aw from the happy start through all the great stuff um it's shocking how quickly it came off the rails but yeah, <laughs> we, we didn't realize how good we had it or yeah what was right in front of us i just think there is it, it, the thing was they brought him in and they brought him in full time and him being full-time mm. and things like that. And it made me kind of wonder in this, like in terms of the non-compete, it makes you think if WWE look at them and go, there's clearly value, but we have to have him absolutely part-time. He comes in, he's in for a couple of weeks, he goes. And that way he can control his storylines, but he isn't a constant presence around everybody else. Because there's clearly like, I mean, I say this as a teacher, there's the analogy of just he's the naughty kid who's always involved in all the trouble. Yeah. And you just kind of look and go after one and go, but you're always involved. There must be something here. And I think there's the thing where it's probably we're in an era where people, where wrestlers have expectations of staying at companies for now, like like almost like a sport teams where you're going to be there for kind of eight to 10 years rather than two to three. So the idea of working in a harmonious locker room is something that's going to be really appealing. If you're going to be spending so much of your time and your, and your, you know, kind of the prime years of your career in a place, them being somewhere where it's a, it's this kind of atmosphere. And I think <coughs> almost Tony Khan not working this out is him. He's trying to stamp his authority I think it gets undermined by, like you say, well, that's it. That's where it's at. It's the, the authority is based on the fact that there are wrestlers there who, 
you know, who are saying we're the locker room leaders like a Jericho and whatever. And he can do that and position himself being incredibly important because now he's, he's not only talent, he's management in and of itself. He's, yeah. like, he's always been the unofficial EVP. That's what he is. He effectively becomes talent relations. That's really what he is. This is like the idea of his locker room. Got a wild idea. How about you set you like you give someone a job that's talent relations? How about like you instead of jobs for the I agree. Why don't we learn a lesson? How about instead of like, you know, the books and Kenny and Cody and making them like the you know the the, the EVPs backstage? How about we do what every other like sane company in the world will do and not give these jobs to fucking wrestlers? It's insane. <laughs> How's he making these same mistakes again? Like yeah. He's doing it, and he's listening to Jericho and you know Moxley and Brian. It sounds like they've been a positive of the influence so far. We're going to yeah. get news reports soon about how it's turned and how Jericho's giving bad advice to the young wrestlers or whatever it's going to be. It's got because it's the same. It's history repeated. It's like the the other thing that came out this week. You know, Cody was on Twitter saying you know he never had the problem with the books. He never had the problem with Punk. That's not why he left. I call bullshit. But the similarity <laughs> is, I mean. Clearly he did, but the, the you know maybe it might wasn't the entire driving factor for him leaving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think Co- th- those two stories are very similar, and like we got some grief at the time over the Cody stuff. JP, I remember it well because we were very much of, of the opinion that that was bad man management by Tony Khan. It was kind of like you know, yes, Cody his storylines had kind of been shit, and he'd gone off the boil. But he shouldn't have been allowed to get to that point. He shouldn't have been allowed to book himself in matches with fucking QT Marshall and Anthony Agogo and whatever else other shite he was doing. Tony Khan needs to be like, you're one of my star wrestlers. You're doing this on the show. You're going to actually turn heel. This is what you're going to do. And in the end, Cody leaving, like Punk, I think it's bad man management. I said that at the time. I think the fact that Cody Rhodes was willing to leave AEW, a founder, should have been a sign things weren't well Bro. backstage. Now Punk's doing the same. Now the same things happening with Punk again. I just think I just don't think Tony Khan's very good at managing these egos and these people backstage. Like there's going to be another one down the line. It's going to keep happening because he keeps repeating the same stuff. I mean, you you want to know what's crazy is like um, like I I think with Tony like to what you just said, Ben. I think that everybody is different. Like everybody has different ways of like going about things and approaching things. I think that Tony is a very non-confrontational person. Like I, I, I don't think that he, like I, I couldn't see Tony Khan at that CM Punk all out press conference, snatching the mic away from Punk and be like, chill out. I, I can't see, I can't see Tony mm-hmm. doing that. There are people who in the other situations, like, at, oh, I, I, I hate you. I hate using this as an example, but I, I remember I heard, uh, I, I think it was Rich Fan who said it on the NWA podcast and like, it, it 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 does make a lot of sense. Like you, you swap out Tony Khan for Vince McMahon in that situation, right? Do you think Punk goes off the rails the way he did in front of in front of Vince? Like it, it, it you, I, I me personally, I don't think so. But I, I think it also is a thing of where he knows that he was. I think he helped AEW with their biggest gate at that one at that double or nothing show i think that he knows the value that he has to AEW in terms of their on-screen product and also the attention that he brings to the product and the, the fan fit that he has and i think he sort of went into that press conference and went into saying those things that he said with the idea of probably knowing that tony khan probably wasn't going you know cut him off or he and tony was just sitting there the whole time looking awkward as hell like he did like he didn't know what the hell was going on he didn't know what to say and it put him in a weird spot and you in a way while also you was disrespecting, you know, the the, the Bucks and, and and Kenny and stuff like that, you also disrespecting the dude who owns this company because, you know, 
like th- these people essentially set the table for the place that you work now. So I mean, just to sort of like call them out on that is kind of like you know, like what what, what are you what are you doing, bro? But uh, honestly, th- this whole situation could have been avoided. It, it really it really could. And like to, to your Cody point, like I, I wanted to ask y'all, like when you of course we got hindsight now, but do y'all think that if Cody, if, if Cody was never allowed to book himself in that position where like he was never going to challenge for the world title again, do you think that that would have, I mean, of course you, you can't determine how the rest of, you know, the situation would have played out, but I, I feel like Cody was in such a position at that time to where like, it was just, but he was over his hell. Like he really would. And like to, to book yourself in a position where you essentially say, Hey, if I lose this, I'm never going to challenge for the world title again. You putting yourself in a weird ass spot, and I and I also understand the idea of like, hey, I don't want to be the EVP who's going to be getting all these world title shots and being that guy. But yeah. dog, y'all just got He's on TV a month stance, ago, basically. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah. but like but like y'all just got on TV a month ago. Sometimes that's the risk you got to take. You you got to be that guy. And 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 whether I mean, I think people was going to turn on Cody regardless. But that's that's when you lean into that, lean into it, and just just go full force with it. There was so much money with him as a heel, like on That's the table. It was like you meant, yeah. It, it, there was all the the kind of fresh matches. There was the the fact that you had um, his, oh, like in terms of like the the storyline where he couldn't win a title, like mm-hmm. he couldn't challenge for the title again. The idea of him being somehow like forced to do it to save AEW, then in order to kind of like take it over, it's like the whole thing kind of felt like it wrote itself. Like that was going to be the big story arc of of what we were going to have like over a couple of year period with him kind of doing what he wanted to do with working with the younger talent and obviously with MJF that kind of being the the obvious success it's just that at that point it's just like no this is a business this is what's best for business that we do this it's it's a character don't worry you can always come back but as we've as we've often seen in wrestling it's you become the super proper super megastar baby face when you've had that big top line successful heel role and people love you in that role the prototype of it like i mean he looked at his like the you know he was always the senior example it was just like look at the rock that's the, the simplest example of them all like you know where where they could have done that. And, that, and that's not the case but you mentioned it just it always yeah. feels like there was so much money on the table and they're they're the things that kind of scare me and uh, I've, got, I've got to say as well to that point just before I get taken out of context. I'm not saying Punk's creative was bad like Cody's. Punk's creative has been right. almost no perfect. So that's where the comparison, mm. you know, the comparisons with Punk, are, you know, uh, I think it's the it's the it's 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 the it's the management. It's the back. It's the management yeah. style of Tony, Tony Khan, the hands off style, the allowing the EVPs to have maybe more power than they should. You know, we've lost two big stars now. You know, in three years in the company, that's where the comparisons are. Plus the the dog thing, as Mikey says in the chat. You know, there is there's come a point. <laughs> that that's a combination. That's a, a, like a a thing you can make. You know, maybe maybe people shouldn't have dogs backstage. Maybe maybe that might. Maybe <laughs> I'm not saying it would have solved everything, but Mikey's right. It might have helped, you know. Keep fucking hey, far hey, away hey. from backstage and keep keep your dog at home. Get a dog sitter. Hey, hey Benno, but but I, you you want to know what? In in all fairness, I I think something that could have that that like, to, at the start of all this, I think if if Hangman would have got checked after he said that stuff, what he said about Punk about the call Cabana stuff and that prompt, like uh, alluding to it, I think if he if if Tony Khan would have went up to Hangman in in like right after that show and been like. Like, what the fuck are you doing? You know what I'm saying? Like, it checked him right there. Then I think it probably would have 
maybe alleviated this situation a little bit because I mean that's that's what essentially where it started with that promo when he, when he said that on TV and you know Punk unfortunately got hurt after um you know after he won the title and then you know when he oh, came he back and he did the feelings. whole thing because he got hit yeah yeah it, yeah because <laughs> he's the one that, who never that forgot that promo we all forgot hey, he didn't <laughs> yeah hey hey hey, hey Benno do, do you do you think that further like you know like so it exacerbated exacerbated a little bit with you know it, on, on top of Hangman saying what he said even though Punk won the title, do you think that him being hurt and then missing out on that, well, I'm assuming was going to be a match with Tanahashi yeah. at Forbidden Door? Like, do you you think on that that just made you know that 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 shit just further hurt Punk already than he was? Definitely, like that's the he was left to stew, and that's what he does. You know, he creates enemies and he creates you know narratives <laughs> in his head. That's, that's how Punk. He just reminds me so much of one of my mates. That's what Punk is, and like. <laughs> You know, the, the other thing never, about it is, is I think... Mate, he's like big, Pauline Fowler in EastEnders. <laughs> just never happy unless they're in a feud. You were <laughs> Even though they're a big star. This is... Days of our lives, kind of. Is, uh, okay, okay. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, he, he kind of, like... I think, I think, you know, you're right, the Hangman promo was, like, the touch point that started this whole thing. And based on reports, you know, that apparently Hangman regrets it all massively. And, you know, he, again, he's not a confrontational type. He'd probably leave it. But, like, yeah, somebody should have probably stepped in there. And I think the bigger point, though, is when Punk went on fucking national TV and called out <laughs> Hangman Page for a shoot fight in the ring. Somebody, anyone other than CM Punk gets sacked for that. And I know you can't yeah. fire him because he's your big star, but that's where you step in as a manager. And you go, that's not okay, Punk, you're getting Dr. Week's wages. Maybe with CM Punk and his personality type, maybe that would have helped, maybe it wouldn't. But maybe we've got a small dispute there rather than the big blow we got in the end. Maybe you upset Punk for a couple of weeks because he, he thinks it's bullshit that he got fined some wages for what he did. But maybe deal with that rather than just let it let it just kind of, yeah, okay, fair enough. Yeah, it's part of the show. Move on. Like, that. that's that's where I think there's been failings. Yeah, and, you know, Tony Khan's done an incredible job in many other ways and in many ways, like, yeah, his yeah, management yeah. style works for, 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 you know, for wrestlers and stuff. But, yeah, I don't know. I just think, yeah, losing, losing Punk like we have Cody and leaving all that money on the table like we did with Cody is almost, almost unforgivable at this point. But... Yeah, I was gonna say that's the kind of the latest on. I don't think we do. Is there any other news bits we missed on that, Andrew? As far as like what came out over the weekend? Not, 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 not on that. But I actually wanted to ask. Uh, I actually wanted to ask you and JP actually like some of similar vein. I'm pretty sure y'all seen all the stuff like with Thunder Rosa. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like the the, the the different like you know, however people want to interpret that. Bro, to be honest with you, I don't think I don't think she's gonna be there in a couple of years. I I think she. I I me personally, I think that she'll. That she gonna be in WWE, and I I, I, want, I definitely want to ask you and JP about that. JP, I was talking about like the Thunder Rosa stuff. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know how long she gonna be in that environment, dude. Like, I don't know. Well, if you're here, know. you're sitting. No, we talked about it. Then Tony Khan's fine. Break, break it out to Fulham games in the UK. Like, the, she, he's basic. This is the problem. He's friends with the wrestlers, and he's gonna who's, that, <laughs> who's gonna take JP? Who's he gonna take Thunder I'm Rosa? Saying. Who's being a knob or Brit Baker? Who's like his mate? Yeah. <laughs> that is it there? it is it, it, and it's and it becomes like the blind spot in the division I think Thunder Rosa's gone yep. to be honest with you like I, I do oh, yeah, I think yeah. she's gone they'll drop the I wind think... interim from Tony Storm like the, 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 the they will do they'll yeah. just drop it like and that's what they'll end up doing I mean to be honest it's not like Thunder Rosa's ever acknowledged so you don't think of her as part of that women's division now damn that's crazy which is, that is, that is that's crazy it's wild bro. It is, isn't it? I mean, and it's it, it's the thing where, like, like I think she, like a lot of people, I think there's an 
element where you could see a, I know it's going to sound wild here, end up in WWE, like for very easily could, you know, they're always going to want, they're always going to want women who work. So like, you know, it's going to become much more of a focal part of the TV and premium live events. So it makes sense to get her in. Um, and it's, it, it just, again, with that, it's just like you say, it's the bad man management. It's, it, this is where the delegation doesn't come in. And it's the problem. And then when he talks about, I'm going to book Ring of Honor when it comes to whatever service. And I know, let's throw out the Fight Plus news while we're there as well. Because, What's you know, that? today it's, well, today it's Black Label Pro, mate. Tomorrow will be AEW. No, so, yeah, do you know uh, GCW is supposed to make an announcement tomorrow about their streaming yeah. service? They're supposed to make, I know Brett Lauderdale, he has said that on a podcast. Yeah, he, he said he was coming by. Yeah, he, he, <laughs> <laughs> he, said, he said it was coming by November 1st, so. You know, yeah, one more day left, so I'm expecting. I, I'm, I mean, it, it, I'm, I'm, I, I would be very, very surprised if they end up on like Peacock or some shit like that. Like that would be like, that'd be fucking uh, wild if know, they ended man. up on Nick Peacock. Gage on, Nick Gage on Peacock. Nick Gage on Peacock. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, how do you tell that story? Like they wouldn't <laughs> even. I don't even know if they'd be keen on Dark Side of the Ring, let alone bloody like actual GCW. I think that's. But, I think they're just working melted. It's brilliant. Like Joey yeah. Janelle send a tweet like, "Hey, hey, GCW wrestlers, please all tweet about Raw tonight." A tweet like a clear joke. And Meltzer reporting the Observer. Oh, Joey Janelle was encouraging the GCW wrestlers to tweet about Raw. I guess a deal has been made. It's like what? Like how'd you get from one to the other? <laughs> it's clearly a joke. <laughs> I mean, it might end up happening. You know, we'll see. But, I'm, yeah, I'm gonna say- but see, that, that's the crazy thing, bro. It, it, it is. I mean, it, it's not completely out of the realm of possibility. It, it's, it's really that, bro. That's the funny. Yeah, thing. maybe Melton knows like something else that makes him think that story is coming. But like, yeah. I was going to say before yeah, we, I- we, we, uh, <laughs> we let you go, Andrew, because we haven't got you for much longer. I'll throw before we get to our, our dynamite review, which, by the way, I did love. So, like, I've done exactly what my tweet said this week, JP, where I said we're all talking about Larry the Dog instead of the excellent dynamite. Yeah. So we spent an hour on Larry the Dog rather than talking about dynamite, which <laughs> I will be praising in a moment. But before you go, Andrew, as the as the post uh, news uh, newsman, um, there were a couple of other news stories I know you wanted to comment on uh, Nakamura versus Muto in uh, in Noah and what we take from that and the uh, the endless. Carl Hudson soccer in New Japan. I don't know which one of those you want to take first. So, so, so the, so the Nakamura uh, Mudo thing. I, so, immediately when I first saw it, I mean, when I when I got up and saw that because I was covering the news that day for Post, I was like, oh, that's that, that's that's kind of that's cool. Like, I, I don't I don't think anything like further is going to come from it. I, I think it's just a situation of hey, here's a guy we really don't know what to do with him right now, and we could you know let him go through this match. Um, and, and you know the report came out from Tokyo Sports that like when as soon as Mudo decided that um, that he was going to do this retirement tour, Nakamura was one of the first people that they was like you know throwing names out there. Like Nakamura was one of those people that you know they wanted to happen. It did. They said they was talking about it. And negotiations fell out, but then once Vince resigned as CEO and chairman, that's when things started to move along and move forward a little bit. Mm. I, I I think this is uh this is just probably just going to be like a one off thing like because you know i was putting people brought up they let kenta go back when he was under contract and he wrestled mary fuji you know what i'm saying so i i don't think it i, I think it'll be a cool thing to speculate on but like just right now i just don't see like it being some you know formal thing where they're gonna go back and forth and stuff like that and i i think it's gonna be fun again it's gonna be fun to even speculate like how we i think we were talking about it on the pre-show me and jp about how um you know carl anderson possibly defending the never open way title at wrestle kingdom shit the if, if, if I'm being real, bro, like if I'm Triple H, 
and, and you know AEW got their thing going on with New Japan, their partnership. I'm like, well, shit, why, why won't I send AJ Styles over there? Why won't I send Shinsuke Nakamura over there for, for Wrestle Kingdom? Why, yeah. why, 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 why wouldn't I do that? You know what I'm saying? Because like, and then at that, I think Wrestle Kingdom on a Wednesday, right? It's January 4th. It's, yeah, on, a, it's yeah. on a Wednesday. Wow. AW were in it, uh, Danielson's hometown that week. So, so like, you assume that most of the wrestlers are going to be, majority of the wrestlers are going to be present at, at Dynamite. But this is your, this your chance to, to slip right in there and, you know, get, get some stuff going. It's a massive missed opportunity for that. This is where I think you, I think you've hit kind of hit the nail on the head. Like, I mean, the conspiracy theorist in me always thinks back to, <laughs> there was rumors that they were going to buy Noah and turn into NXT Japan is at the start of this. And I don't think that that's happened. Certainly yeah. not with like cyber fight and the amount they spend on Noah anyway, like in terms of just even the arenas they're having. But it is interesting. I think this is a kind of more of an open world policy where they want to be kind of almost just changing a lot of the other kind of Vince-isms about just not the acknowledgement of the greater wrestling world. That never happened. Like, well, that, I think that's going to happen more and more. Like, this is part of that process of creating goodwill, of mm. just like, we will do this. I always think as well it serves a double purpose of, does a strong Noah hurt New Japan? who have a relationship with AEW, is that kind of in their interests as well, that they want mm. to do that? Like, even from, like, their own kind of, like, deeply cynical point of view, like, they want to kind of have those relations and being able to send, you know, various kind of people over there. Because they will have seen that Sting is going to be there for that, you know, that... um uh, the match with uh, the tagging with Moo. And mm. I thought that, you know, they get in on this action as well. And it's not sending, it's it's not Nakamura in New Japan. That's interesting. Because it could have been. Yeah. It could have done that. It could have been. And it's, and if you want to do a goodwill thing, because whatever, you know, I was a massive Shinsuke Nakamura fan. And then he decided he's downing tools. Like, basically, I've got a big money contract here. That's <laughs> me done. I've had this match with Sami Zayn. What more do you want? And, <laughs> And he's and he's gone ahead and he's done that. And Time I think this it is, it is. But I think like if him if he was out of contract and he turned up in New Japan, he'd be in the main event scene. Don't make any bones about that. And they wouldn't be going on about oh, is his work right up to it. It's like have you seen a lot of New Japan? <laughs> like in the last couple week, of years. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He'd he'd fit he'd fit right. He would fit right in. They would have him there in a heartbeat. He'd be in the massive feud with Okada. They'd be thinking about him for the next Wrestle Wrestle Kingdom. All of this mm-hmm. stuff. So it's a really, really big deal. Like, and you know, it, absence makes the heart grow fonder. It's a long time since they did that. Um like the show in Japan, which was kind of very heavily focused around him, even though when he was in, in NXT. So it's a hell of a get. Mm. Any thoughts on the Carl Anderson uh, nonsense? Uh, I was saying on the uh, the pre-show, unfortunately, you've had to report on this. Uh, <laughs> like, like it's, <laughs> Mate, it's, it's Can we all admit it's a work now? It's a storyline. Like, yeah, it's clearly oh, it is. It is. It is. Like, uh, you know, they, they get uh, the Kamio bar, you know, sending out uh, mean tweets. And Carl Landon talking about he, how frustrated he was. He's t- telling Tokyo Sports how angry he was and, you know, all that stuff. So, and, you know, you got Anderson and Gallo is playing along. But, yes, yeah, I, I think at this point, everybody knows it's a clear story. Um, yeah. You know, and, and Anderson, just a year ago, you know, that, that infamous tweet that got screenshotted, he was like, oh, I would never go back. Uh, they would never pay me enough money to go to Saudi Arabia. <laughs> this this Saturday, people, the OC <laughs> versus, uh, versus Judgment Day, Carl Anderson in Saudi, live in color. It's happening. But, That's a big check. He wants uh, another swimming pool. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's a nice house in it, JP. Let's all be honest. How many house. swimming pools do you need? I mean, I think one good size swimming pool should be enough for oh any normal human being, isn't it? You can only swim in one at any one time. You don't need four of them. He's not. He's not building unless he's building a hotel. In which case, it's a whole other kind of catfish. All this hey, hey, over bro. Carl Anderson. Like I find that. You 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 wanna know it's funny. I, I was that's like the sense of it from like most people. It's like, are we doing all this over Carl Anderson? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, what? All of this. But, and Hickel as well. I mean, it's not it, even like it's a good but, match, is it? Not that any match is a good match for Carl Anderson. And then at that you Hickelayo, he got he got I think he got stuck with a Ujiro for the for the November fifth show. Yeah. And I'm 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 assuming that he was gonna win the never open weight title from, from Carl. But like come on. I would be pissed. Like, I was supposed to get this title match. And they done that against Ujiro. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, come on, dog. Like, you know. Of all the people have Ujiro. Of, of, all, of all the people you got, you stay be with Ujiro. But, I mean, it, it is what it is at that point. But, yeah, with, with Kyle Anderson, like, I, I just to basically repeat what I said earlier. I think it's just a situation of they're going to probably drag this out until Wrestle Kingdom. You know, they're probably going to keep doing the Twitter back and forth. Oh, you know, I'm never going to defend the title. I'm going to defend it on my own terms. And, you know, I feel like I should – if I'm going to come back, it should be on the biggest stage possible. A la, we got Wrestle Kingdom coming up, and then you know it's, it's only three, three or so months away. So you know, I'm you, you, you could probably stretch that out a little bit. I mean, it's like, did, did y'all give a shit about the never? Uh, Benno and JP, do y'all give a shit about the never open weight title? Do you know, mate? I did. <laughs> I did. Andrew. There was a point in time where it was fucking awesome. Yeah. But, okay. okay. Yeah. I haven't. It's it's inexplicably probably the highest ranked that it had been. Like for a while, it was the number yeah, two. No it does feel like the IWGP not. US yeah. title is very much the number two. But mm. now, like, what even is it? Like at, at this stage, like yeah. I, I'm not really sure what it is or what it represents because it feels like that type of match is basically getting replaced by the stuff that's in this TV tournament. TV title mm. is very what feels like what filled the role of the never open weight like kind of 10 to 13 minutes intensity stiff action that's basically the tv title yeah if they go all the way and go with ren narita so which like, they should which yeah. they should definitely <laughs> go all the way with ren narita but but like i i, I think it's just gonna be a situation like I, I don't i don't think it really plays that much of a factor to like the new japan product like, i don't think anybody like really gives a shit about it so it's just like it's a, it's kind of like this thing they call that hey one of our one of what, a wwe guy has our has our championship there you go. And, but but also, bro, I, I think this is a, a, a learning curve for New Japan, e- even though, you know, they knew about it since August. Bro, y'all are too big of a company to be having people hold your championships and they are not signed. Stop letting these people run around without a contract and they're not signed. I mean, like, I, I get that you want to have sort of that free policy. You know what I'm saying? Not everybody's got to be restricted and, you know, locked down. But, like, he's holding one of your championships. Don't put a belt on him. He, you, you, you you just put him like you you put him over Tanahashi. You gotta have this dude under some type of agreement that's more than just hey, I need you for these select dates. Can we shake on it? Like, it was, yeah, it's, was it built on? It's built on honor. It's built on the idea. Oh, he trained with us, and you go like, have you have you spoken to Carl Anderson? Have you ever seen this man <laughs> interact? Remember, like, he, he did the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> did it? Did it before. Seven years ago. <laughs> and what's amazing is rather like the last time, because you remember they just sort of, they, they won their match, then they bowed to the crowd at Currican and left. And 
this time round, he's going to end up being rewarded for not signing a con. Well, for yeah. not, you know, putting the title there with a with probably a money match where he'll be paid a lot more than it would be in order to relinquish possession of the never open weight title. It's just like Carl Anson itself. It's like we're doing all of this for Carl Anson, and we're doing all of this ultimately for the never open weight title. Could we not just bring back the Intercontinental and just Please. try and pretend it was like a weird dream? Like some of this stuff and the title unification stuff never happened. Like if you're going to go for a secondary title, but it's just a weird state of affairs. I'm, prob- I'm probably not as down on you on Hikaleo. There's that part of me thinks he's incredibly young in three yeah, years. I like, I like Hikaleo too. Yeah. He'll fulfill the he'll fulfill the giant role that they need him to, and he can't be worse than Farley. So like, <laughs> I think in that way, if you've got him doing that monster role, at least he seems like mobile enough. And when you when you see him in real life, he's a tall bloke, bloody hellfire. Yeah. Like he's a real like kind of like he's got the gentle giant look at him. Yeah, really, he needs like, to grow like, into it. Almost needs to grow into his own body. I think is the impression you get with him. He doesn't still doesn't come across that threat, and maybe he will with time. But maybe you need Haku barking orders at him from the corner for that. I, I, I weirdly read a thread of the stuff he did this week. It never ceases to amaze me. It's like... <laughs> Haku. <laughs> What's the just, one? Oh, he's just like pulling out people's eyes and stuff in nightclub. It's like, did the situation warrant that response? Was a punch no good? Like, no, I'm going to rip out your eyes. What is it? That's like cartel behaviour, that type of stuff, hey, isn't it? Well, I was, was going to say uh, quick news though. To, uh, Andrew was just broken on on Twitter. Um, little little Bow Wow was uh, uh, is, was uh, shooting a shot with Jay Cargill, trying to get her to be his manager. Hey, oh she said he could. She said he couldn't afford him. And I'm using this as a segue to break into the fact that you reported on PostWrestling.com, the first outlet I've seen report it to say it in black and white that Migos have broken up. And you broke my heart with that, mate. It hurt. Just saying. <laughs> Bro, so you want to know why that, 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 that might have been me jumping the gun a little bit, but they are like, they're, they're not like, they're, uh, up, yeah. a, 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 they're not like a collective right anymore. now. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, that's, uh, I, I put, I put that story about the Migos talking about pro wrestling, man, how they almost thought about wrestling until they saw Bad Bunny. So there you go. They saw a bad, he, he probably will. He, he, you, know, you know, Rikishi invited him to go train at the school, but he's, he didn't, I guess he didn't like show or something like that. Or it, it, it didn't work out. But Rikishi Bad invited Bunny. him, was like, You come train with me. Can you, can you imagine Bow Wow part of the bloodline? I'd love it. Can you imagine. Uh, and you got to fight back. Tony Khan signed, like when, when they did that New York show, it was like that seven rappers on the show. Triple H needs to, I mean, uh, top dollars yeah. not, cut, not cutting it. We need like an actual decent rapper on uh, it. <laughs> He fucking sucks. He's one of the worst wrestlers I've ever seen in my life. Like that man, that is the least <laughs> cool man I've ever seen in my life. And I, <laughs> he's awful. He's so bad. God, God. But, but, but looks you, like shit. The, the thing, the thing, the, the thing about the thing about uh, I, me, me personally, I, I, I do, I do enjoy elements of hero that that appeal that appeals to me personally. I, I, I do. I, I don't think any wrestler is like. You you can't um stay away or you can't just not criticize a, a wrestler like no no wrestlers like abstinent for criticism you know what I'm saying but like I, I think for me personally th- there are elements of hit road that I enjoy like I, I'm admittedly that that spot this past Friday on SmackDown when he went up to the top row with Escobar and he was like taunting oh 
but I was like, like, like a part, a part of me when I was watching it, I was like, bro, when you get up there, just jump on them immediately, yeah. just fall down. Like, what, what is the the stalling and the waiting and like, like I, I, I get that somebody's probably gonna combat it and be like, well, you know, it's the entertainment ass. I'm like, dog, this shit looks goofy. That looks goofy. You know, it, it, it's it's the same it's the same thing. It's like when I saw a spot on uh, on Twitter a couple of weeks ago. Um, when like the, the people they were they were like everybody was outside and like they were like trying to set up some like a, a like the dude was on his shoulders and he was trying to like you know walk him over to the ring and like you see all the wrestlers just standing there like for, like five or eight minutes. I'm like, though, what are we doing? But like it's, it's sort of the same that, that that same element. But like I I think there's some stuff that needs to be worked on like in terms of like just in ring stuff, you know. So. He's not, he's not ready. He shouldn't. Like, he looks like shit as well. I don't know what he, he looks like. He's getting, he's like, he's gotten dressed. This won't make reference make any sense to you, Andrew, but he got dressed in a, in a bin behind Sports Direct, JP. He looks awful. Like, oh, he just looks terrible. That bad. <laughs> like, like Lonsdale tracky he's going, type. He's going stuff. to play some basketball on like a Sunday afternoon. That's what he looks like when he's, when he's wrestling. It's not even like he doesn't, uh, he just doesn't come across as like, in his head, he's this 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 cool kind of like you know I'm 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 like he's just he's not he's just he's just I just find him lame in every way I can't stand the bloke but maybe the, that that act needs swerve that's what it's missing that like I I quite liked it Rowan they were on the next day and yeah they were uh, you you, you, you want to know what I think I think when it, you want to know what I think would improve hero is like they like will make them maybe like. Turn, turn the curve for you a little bit. It's like if they maybe they position Brianna Brandy as like the the front woman, like that. That that's the that, that maybe she's like the, the the centerpiece of the group. Like maybe maybe that is sort of turn things a little bit because like th- Top Dollar is the essentially the front man of the group. And I think maybe if you send a BFAB right there to maybe sort of turn things a little bit. I mean, at, at the end yeah. of the day, you know the the the, the tag team is still uh, Top Dollar and the Shanti the Adonis, so they got to go in there and do their in ring stuff. And I, I mean. If you don't like his in ring work, then I, you know, I don't think I don't think that's ever going to change. But like, <laughs> in terms of like, in terms of like how you view it and stuff like that. But I, me, me personally, bro, I I do like Hit Row. I, I I do like, and that that's just that's just a me thing. I enjoy them as I, I enjoy them as a group. But I do agree with you on the point that like, especially specifically referring to that spot on this past Friday on SmackDown, like that that stuff needs to get cleaned up. And I mean, I it, I think that's simple stuff that can't be cleaned up. But it's also a matter of like him wanting to do that. Like you want to. Got, got, got to take those criticisms with the praise. It can't all be praise. You know what I'm saying? So that's a that, that's a, that's a fair assessment, I think. Well, we're about to get into our uh, our dynamite review. So uh, we've uh, kept you enough, uh, Andrew. We'll let you go. Did you have any broad stroke nah. thoughts on uh, on dynamite before you run? Anything you wanted to, uh, to say about the show overall? Bro, I'm I'm not even going. Like, and this is no this is no like dynamite at all. Like, the days just be running by for me. Like I I'd probably had to like just watch. you remind me. Like what happened? Cause like, I, no, 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 bro, no, bro. It, it, it's, 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 I, I, I promise you, it's not, it's not that. No, I, promise you, it's not that. It's like, but the day, not. I try to keep up with so much stuff, especially with the oh, news. Yeah. It's like, it's like, it's like, if it's oh, not like, if, if it's not like currently in my head, then like, it is. You might as well say that shit happened last year, like. <laughs> The, the main thing that came out the show was the MJF story. So with uh, okay. with uh, Stokely turning yeah. on him, and yeah, they're continuing okay. to. Yeah. What would you make of that? The continuing to like do this like faux babyface thing with MJF. Do you think he eventually turns back? Is he a babyface now? Can you not fight it? Is that where we are? But but you know the thing is, I think that people they just gonna cheer him regardless. Like whether whether when he like me personally, I think he's gonna flip flop again. 
Like he, it's a whole like you know thing that they trying to act like they beefing with MJF and stuff like that. I think that he's going to eventually turn back. It's going to be a heel, but the crowd's still going to cheer him. Like I, I think by MJF walking away and doing that whole thing that whatever went on, whether it was real or not, regardless, I think it, it sort of endeared him to people in a weird way. And now he's in this position where nobody wants to boom. Everybody wants to cheer him. And they're going to cheer him regardless. If he win the AEW World title, they're going to cheer him. So, like, I, I think that I, I think that it might be it might be best for the MJF character to c- continue doing what you're doing. Like, you know, slacking off the crowd. And then m- maybe some weeks you play to the crowd. And, you know, you're happy to see this certain city. You hate this certain city. I think that would be best for him to sort of play both sides. Because I, I, I think one way or another, regardless, this crowd, these crowds are going to love mjf it's just that time in his career like and, and jp jp literally said it like when you have that big heel run you're going to turn baby face it's like it's going to happen like when you have that especially when it's good good heel run there's going to come a point when the crowd is going to start to like you and you're going to have to embrace it because they're not going to stop until you do so it's you know what i'm saying so i yeah it feels you good, JP. It just feels to me too much like Deadly Games, like Survivor Series 98, where you've almost done the taster. The taster, yeah, <laughs> with The Rock, where you you have, you've done the little taster of what they're like as a face and you know the crowd really want to go with them. And then you you pull the rug underneath and ultimately it relies on like the story of WWE and the contract and 2024 and the rest of it is being the cool mega heel story of him holding the title hostage all the way and various people trying to take it off. I think that kind of writes itself and it's a better, it's a better story. And you could even do something like, like he disappears at the end of 20 of like of 2024. And then he comes back, but he comes back as a face who's kind of chastened, who decided that this is his home. Like, so I've, there's always been the thing with MJF of like kind of picturing how it should go because I think it's just his value has increased so much, especially in the wake of a lot of this stuff. I mean, yeah, I, like a couple of weeks ago, I said, I don't know if it felt controversial. I was like, this guy's more important to this company than Kenny Omega. Like, which sounds mm. like, you know, but I, I think it, if you're thinking long, long term, this is the guy who you want to put out on the chat shows. If you get AEW wrestlers on uh, on a, a, a talk show, on, on like a one of the late night shows, it's him you want on there because you know that he's so quick-witted that he could do. And it's that's why it's so much to, like, I mean, he'll always give the Roddy Piper comparisons, but I always just kind of think you aim big, you aim for the rock. And then you saw when Dwayne was on TV, you just went, God, yes, this is like a wrestler who feels like the general public are like this guy's really good he's really got a quick wit he's got a sense of humor he can understand this like he already got the great press for doing the singing segment with jericho that time Mm -hmm. they wrote about was it in the new york times for god's sakes like it was (laughs) one of the cultural highlights of the year and he's ridiculously young and he don't need to have him wrestle every week he feel he's one of the of all their homegrown pillars he's the one who feels like a special attraction the others don't I say I'm 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 gonna combat JP on one thing about the homegrown thing. I think that I think that when you're talking about like people that homegrown stars that have been presented in a oh. great light so far, I'm, I'm gonna say I'm gonna throw Jay Cargill in that conversation. Yeah, yeah. gotta gotta throw Jade in there, bro. And like right, right now with the, the the Nala Rose thing, I'm sort of like feeling it out, like in terms of like her stealing the title and stuff like that. Like maybe they're just trying to add like some 
some spice to it or, or, or whatever you will. But I think that Jay Cargill has probably been as far as like, but behind, I would say, what were you the, when you talk about that homegrown star? Yeah, I was. I'm, I'm talking about like like they. I mean, because MJF, I, I, I consider MJ, I, yeah, I, I, I consider MJF a homegrown star because I mean he was in MLW and stuff on the Indies, but I'm talking about like he came to prominence. In, in AEW, you know what I'm saying? It's big star but, in MLW, man. But 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 like for yeah, <laughs> but, but, but like MLW for Jay home around you just to throw it. No, you know, I actually I actually think that's cool though because I, I like MLW too. I, I think it's just a matter of like they, but they, it's, it's just JP so much. Than he does John Pollock. He is a, he is a <laughs> bro. Hey, <laughs> real quick, just on MLW though. Mm. Like the thing is, I think that it's just it's so much wrestling, bro. Like it's hard yeah. to like, you, you know what I'm saying? And it's 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 like you we we so fixated on wwe and not fixated but like it's 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 a lot of wwe a lot of aw a lot of new japan you got no you got this noah shit going on you know so you got so you got a lot of stuff from the indies like i i try to catch prestige wrestling sometimes i try to catch mm. west pro like those those are like west coast pro those are like my two sort of like my favorite yeah. indies to watch and I, I i don't catch every show but like i if I if I'm looking to watch independent show i'm more likely going to watch prestige or west coast pro yeah. i check out like a you know a black label pro or something like that but like going back to the Jay Cargill point, I think that Jade has been presented in a very special way, you know, especially with the streak and stuff like that. But she looks like a fucking star. I, I think that the, the in-ring stuff is going to come in time. Like, do I think that she's a like this over the moon wrestler? No, but I think that she can get to that point as she continues to work with, you know, your Brian Daniels and stuff like Daniels is essentially like a fucking teacher. You know what I'm saying? So like I, you, you do you will keep working with Danielson. Like it's it's. It think it's it's gonna come and piece itself together. So, but in terms of like the presence, but she's a star, bro. Like, and, and along with MJF, when you're talking about sending people on these talk shows and stuff like that, first people, one of the first people I'm looking at is Jade. She looks like a star. Like, she's one of those people she you walk like in the room, bro. A Marvel but, film, like. You know what I'm saying? Like, but you you if if you was like sitting like in a like in a fucking like Dunkin' Donuts or something, you see Jay Cargill walking oh, in, you, you go. Then you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Thank you. That's that's the perfect way to describe it. Past eyeball test, like. Yeah, and again, she looks like a star. So, like, I think that you know, her and MJF are those like two people. And I mean, you could, you could throw it, people in there, and you throw your Ricky Starks in there, and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, they, they, I think AEW they got like a, a a solid young core, and especially you got your guys like Daniel Garcia and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You, you, the AEW got a solid young core. I think it's just a matter of you know making sure that the storyline stay consistent because there are those situations where like you'll have somebody have a big moment and they'll just vanish from fucking tv you know what i'm saying like and then like you gotta wait for the next big thing to kick in and i, I know i'm running long i don't run long right, right. Like, we, we told you that you're an hour this is what we do we keep people for hours bro even with uh even with ricky starts and powerhouse hard my thing is bro like i, I see ricky starts and powerhouse hard that can get to that next level i just think it's just a matter of Tony making sure to stay consistent with the booking because like they ran they main event it rampage grand slam these motherfuckers disappeared on TV for like five weeks it's like we yeah. like, and, and we we just seeing Hobbs and honestly bro like I'm I'm not even gonna lie to you I think that I I, I like Warlow I really do but I don't I have seen nothing significant out of this TNT title run I've seen nothing significant of it like he's had title defenses I I again I like Warlow. But I think it might be time to sort of pass it on. And I think Hobbs is the guy to pass that to. And then by doing that, you don't have to think outside the box in terms of who's next. You got Ricky Starks right there. That's your that's your that, that's your next your next thing. You got Ricky's next child. You would set that up however you want to set it up. So like I I think it's just a matter of like keeping things consistent 
And I, I hope that even when he signed, uh, Tony signed Willow Nightingale, like I, I hope that her appearances stay consistent because I think that Willow is like one of the very few people in wrestling where the baby face things like very natural and it doesn't feel like forced in like any way. Like that, like the bubbly thing. She was like immediately, they, 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 immediately but, over. But there are very few people in wrestling I think can pull off like the complete bubbly, like, oh, I'm so happy go lucky without it just being like, but what is this shit on my TV? Like you like but like without it being yeah. corny. Like she the, the bubbly thing, like the oh, I'm so happy all the time. Like, bro, it works. And the crowd clearly re- reacts yeah. to it well. So I, I I think that's gonna be something something else to pay attention to as well. But yeah. So they 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 got they got a good AEW has a good young core, man. It's just it's just building on top of that. that that's all it is. It's the top line stars that just gotta get sorted out. Yeah. <laughs> Once they do that, then they're, yeah. then to the backstage, kind of, you know. Yeah. Hey, 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 been on JP like, bro. I like I, I know I said I know I said we was gonna wrap it up. <laughs> I was gonna go because like, 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 like I I I do I do got some articles that I need to write for <laughs> Rock oh. but, but 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 like I, I'm about to ask y'all about uh, how y'all think AEW's presenting Danielson. Because I know I seen a lot of people like complaining, like they felt like Danielson has felt just like another cog in the wheel, opposed to like when he first came in, he was like, mm. this motherfucker, like really, like he's here. But like now it just seems like he's just a guy that's like helping move storylines along. But also uh, another part of me inside is like, I can definitely see Brian Danielson yes. wanting that to be his situation his instead of like... I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not trying to be your world champion. I'm not trying to come in here and take the belt. Motherfucker, you should. You really fucking helpful if he did. Yeah, he's got, because he'd do the same in WWE, be like, oh, I'm at this stage, you know, I'm in, you know, I'm getting, you know, I'm in, what, is he early 40s now, like this? Yeah. I'm getting old now. I'll put over, it's like, right. no, you are the most over guy on the roster. <laughs> you should be the champion. Like, he should be in the punk position. Like, that's where he should be. And yeah. If not, I did feel like this week was a good reset. Like, if we're going to get back to Brian just having the match of the week, every week i'll take that you know he, yeah, he had a yeah, great yeah. match with yeah. sammy this week the, the problem's been like everyone else in aw and there'll be people out there to tell you it's not a problem that everyone's in a stable and every segment on aw tv <laughs> has to have nine people on screen at all times but brian's a good example of that he's not stood on his own he's been involved in stable nonsense they haven't they've gotten good stuff out of him don't get me wrong i love the you know the arena warfare match all there's been very mm. good stuff through the year but he got bogged down in the jericho feud he lost the Jericho feud, basically. He should be winning that feud. He should be the top guy. He should be... I know Moxley is a, a great option too, but for me, yeah, he should yeah. have stepped into that punk role. He should be the top guy. We've forgotten that like four or five years ago, maybe a bit longer now, but Brian was the most popular wrestler in the entire world, and he's still got that in him. He's still got that name recognition. He can still go and ring. Absolutely agree. This is the problem. Wade Keller says it all the time. You let wrestlers decide what they want to do. They're going to do what's fun to them. This is Kenny Omega in the books. Well, it'd be fun to do six fans, wouldn't it? It's like, no, but that's not the optimum use of you, Kenny. You should be a big star. You should be in main events. You should. But the thing with Brian is, yeah, if you let that let him do what he wants, you know, he's probably not going to want to be the top guy. And you know, we're we're gonna. Don't get me wrong, we get some great stuff on TV, but is it the optimum use of yeah. who Brian is as a performer? Mm. No, there's obviously money left on the table there. I think Wheelie You is great. I don't like, we're in this very bizarre world where it feels like Brian Danielson's primary use has to be to get Wheelie You over as a big star, which is mental 
when you think about and it. Garcia. Like for that for that being his and and Garcia as well. And you're just thinking about the stuff he could be doing. I mean, the impression I get, I mean, in terms of trying to sort out what a future direction is, the obvious thing is the wheeler you heel stuff. There's a part of me think about Danielson being removed from Blackpool Combat Club, having this kind of disgruntled version of him that kind of is by himself, that doesn't want to work in groups, doesn't trust working with other people and things like that. Effectively kind of almost going back to the heel character, but then that really goes against what is the best use of Brian Danielson? Well, but he won't do it, is happy-go-lucky baby face. That is the best use of him. That's the version of him where you think, yeah, that's, you know, how you can make the most from him. But it it doesn't feel like he's going to be positioned at the top of the card. The only thing would yeah. be, the only way to get him there is almost he has to turn heel and feud with Moxley, which is something that they never, you know, obviously that felt like the direct, you know, we were going to have Moxley going heel yeah, at one point, weren't we? You know, Tony Khan Booker of the Year again. I'll I'll vote for him if if that's where we're headed. I'd love that. That's a great idea. I've not thought of that, JP. That maybe that is where we we maybe end up with them. That would be a, a good yeah. payoff to the story, wouldn't it? If you're going to have these, like they're your big stars in the promotion as well, and then you know you get to MJF Danielson after that, and I think there's there's great kind that's, of fuel bro. in that. The, the MJF Danielson, I, I think that might be the one to get Danielson back on track in terms yeah. of like e- e- even with bro. Because the, the one thing, the one, the one of the most underrated things about Danielson is that bro, he is a great babyface promo. Like he's like mm. like he's great at being like that fiery like let's rally behind him. Like he he's that guy. So I think that by him being for him, by the he, way, he, he, he doesn't. He, he doesn't. He doesn't. And and me personally, I like Regal. I really do. But like, I don't think that Danielson needs somebody. Like, I think Danielson can fire people up on his own. And like, but you know, with, with JP's point, I think that it would be very interesting to see him sort of like slowly turn the wheel a little bit and and maybe go against Wheeler. And like, they have that sort of that that tension, mm-hmm. and then it ends up becoming a clash to a point where Claudio has to steps in. He beats Claudio, and then the ne- the only person that left to step in to handle this sort of in group situation is Mox. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And, and maybe by then, Mox doesn't have the title. Like, we maybe he loses the title by then, but maybe it just be like a non-title thing and they run it back. But, like, I think it would be very interesting to see Danielson go back on the heel side. Because b- to be real with you, bro, I'm a, I'm, I, I swear, like, I, I love Danielson's baby face running WWE. That heel run he had in 2018 when he, I think, mm-hmm. he beat AJ Styles for the title, that was some of my favorite Danielson stuff. I'm talking about it even from the in-ring, like how he switched up his style a little bit and, like, sort of leaned away from, you know, I mean, as a baby face, you're supposed to pander to the crowd. So I, I just want to make sure I say that before, like, I, I didn't want to, you know, make it seem like they're not supposed to pander to the crowd. That's what you're supposed to do. But, like, hmm. I, I, I thought that Danielson did some of his best work as that heel run the, the match with Brock. Um, I thought he did some great stuff with some, some decent stuff with AJ. He, he got a great match out of The Fiend at the Rumble. Yeah. Had a good match at the, <laughs> out of the Fiend at the Rumble. But and then on top of that, something did to me, man. That Danielson put over Kofi at Mania gave gave me honestly my favorite WrestleMania moment of all time, hands down. But like it, 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 it then to find out that he orchestrated that and saw that vision when the idea was, and it's come out now, it's public now. Like people that was working backstage, I think Sean Devari has said it that the idea was for Danielson to face Kevin Owens at that WrestleMania, and that was like the idea that Vince was like fixated on. It was going to be Danielson. Owens WWE Championship, and then when the Elimination Chamber happened, everybody saw it, and Danielson was like, "Dude, like it's Kofi, like that's the that's the guy, like it's Kofi." And he's, he saw it, like he's and for him to be 
aware enough to 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 see that. Like, I mean, everybody fucking saw, it, but I'm talking about for somebody that has a that had that had Vince's ear the way that Danielson did. It, small man, but like in AEW, I think that JP's point that might be the best course of action is like this heel turn. You start to see that 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 dissension within the group. It breaks down, and the only person left that can take him head on is Mox. And you you, you take it from there. Like whether you want to slide him in the TNT title picture or whether you want to go after the world title, I think it's a variety of ways you go. Well, Andrew, we've uh, kept you enough. We get kept you. We stopped down for an hour. We kept you for like more, like ninety minutes, hundred minutes. So, like it's what we do. We've still got another. This is like this is halfway for us. We're, we're not bad. So we uh, hey, like doing Iron Man matches um, over on this uh, this podcast. But I'll be massively appreciate you coming on, man. It's been a Mate, it's been a great chat. It's been so good having you on. I have to say on a personal because I do these daily updates. I can't do it without you, mate. Like literally cannot do it without you as well. Because like in terms of like the the stories that that you're you're breaking out there as well, the the stuff that you're you're on top of is just like honestly, it's it's brilliant work, and it's, it's always a, a pleasure to read and and hear you as well, and then getting to record with you at last, mate. This honestly, no, that, absolute pleasure. I definitely appreciate appreciate y'all having me on, man. This is a good conversation. The, the thing I like about doing these podcasts, which I like hearing y'all stuff, is like the differing opinions. Like, yeah. it, 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 it's, it's very cool. Like when those are the podcasts I enjoy more. Like it's very cool. Like when you, you know everybody's on the same page and like we all agree and stuff like that. But I think the cool stuff is like when you have like everybody has sort of their own sort sort of yeah. thing going on, and everybody has a different opinions, and then you can sort of find that medium Absolutely. wherever you may. You know, what I'm saying? I, I think that's a cool thing. So yeah, like I, I, I definitely when we was talking, I was like, because I had some, uh, some stuff I wanted to get up on the site, like a schedule out for tomorrow. I was like, I, I probably, I'm gonna stay on for an hour, and then like once I started getting into the conversation, I was like, ah, right, here we go. Yeah, I, 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 I could, I could feel it. I was like, yeah, I, I ain't get out of here at seven. It ain't no way because I, I was getting into it. I, I was getting into it like ten minutes into the conversation before I think before we even live. So I was like, yeah, it, it, it ain't no way I was gonna be out of here by seven, bro. But no, I definitely enjoyed it, and um. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm hoping I come back on here with y'all. Please. Oh, we're gonna have you. We're gonna have Matty on as well because you're in for a hell of a fun ride. And just trying to work <laughs> out Matty's pace. I'd enjoy that. Oh, yeah. oh <laughs> wonderfully. He doesn't call Charlotte. He calls Charlotte Lottie. I'll just throw that one. Out. <laughs> one of the many things he just like Lottie. Yeah, I'll be interested to see what you make <laughs> of the battery as well. Yeah, any plugs for you, Andrew? And yeah, you want to throw out uh, postwrestling.com? Uh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Check out the written work over at postwrestling.com. Uh, my YouTube channel, Andrew Thompson Interviews. I just put an interview up with Kyle King, who just challenged for the SWA World Championship mm. in Jim Pitter Rumble 44th Street, which is one of my favorite matches of the night besides the uh, Ross Aggression match. Um, and yeah, you can check that out. I had a great time talking to Kyle And yeah, check me out on Twitter, AD Thompson underscore underscore. The same thing on Instagram. Um, and yeah, that, that, that's pretty much it for me, man. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and yeah, I'll catch you in a couple of weeks, mate. Looking forward to it. New York, big uh, post meetup. Bloody uh, jealous. Hey, man. Yeah, hey, man. Living it up. Hey, man. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing all y'all, bro. This is about to be fun as hell. I'm looking forward to seeing everybody. It's going to be a good time. We about to have, <laughs> we had some fun up there. Bra- Brandon from New Neil. Jersey, man. Oh, <laughs> hey, hey, bro. Me and Neil. Let me tell. Let me tell you something. This, this is my this is my exit promo. Neil <laughs> is going down. That's all I got to say. I ain't got nothing else to say. It's going down. <laughs> 
Brother Neil. Say now, shout out to Neil Flanagan, man. Good man right there. Shout out to Neil. Good man right there. We love Neil. I'm looking forward to meeting him too. (laughs) Can't wait, man. I'll see you. I'll see you in a couple of weeks. Uh, Everyone, follow Andrew, and we'll have you on again soon, mate. He's born on a great day as well. The birthday of champions. Hey, me and JP got the same birthday, man. Shout out to the August 19th babies, man. Shout out to us. (laughs) Greatness. What I would do though, <laughs> what I would do though, to just be able to be your age again, especially with what I've got coming up in the next year, just needing that energy, mate. Please. Oh my goodness. Hey, nah, hey, nah man. Hey, JP had been a. Uh, I appreciate y'all having me on, man. I hope y'all have a great rest Thank of y'all show. Real talk. Thank you, Andrew. We'll Cheers, see you again mate. soon. See you, mate. All right, peace. Hey, do I just like do I just leave the studio? Like, is that is it? Yeah, if you leave? act out, you'll be here. Uh, yeah. Be yeah. Right. <laughs> it's easy. Isn't it? All right, bad. All right, y'all. <laughs> Thanks, man. Cheers. Oh, we love what him. a legend. What an you know, absolutely. You're following Andrew already. You're, uh, you should be. Uh, we've stole John and Way's bit there, having him on for uh, for all the news. But he's the uh, he's the newsbreaker of postwrestling.com. So, yeah we, uh, yeah, we did say we'd have less than an hour. But, oh, uh, well. We got his dynamite thoughts as well. So, that, uh, we did. That out. So, uh, oh, mate, Andy. Uh, he's Andy now when he's on Gra- Grapple Andy. There you go. He is. Although, there's Andy Ogden, or is he Grapple Oggy? Uh, we'll figure it out. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, do, should we finish off on dynamite? Any, any other yeah. overall thoughts? If he, to, like, I've got to say, like, I, on mm. dynamite this week, I. I love the show again. This is two weeks in a row now where I've loved the show. Two weeks in a row where it's been dwarfed by the real life story, unfortunately. Part of that's the, you know, like I say, the promo they, they filmed on the show and shown the elite and stuff. Part of it's the, the Larry the Dog stuff um, breaking right before Dynamite. But quietly, like I say, I've, I've thought these last two Dynamites have been so well paced. The in rings been killer. Like I, I felt like this di- this week's dynamite didn't have like a any fat on it whatsoever from an in ring point of view. Like every match was at the very least good. Um, you know, I know people's mileage might vary on the main event. I kind of enjoyed it as like you know a fun cheap brawl. That was maybe between that and Rio Jamie Hater as maybe the weaker matches. Um on the show but everything else was top notch love Brian Danielson Sammy Guevara love the MJF through the show the FTR swerving our glory tag was great the the Jericho Claudio Wheelie Utah Garcia match was a hell of a showcase for Claudio himself that was another great match but all in mm-hmm. all kind of what I majorly really appreciated about these last two weeks is I think the mainline storylines are hitting. I feel like they're, they're doing good progression, even mm-hmm. if I'm a little bit questioning what's going on with Daniel Garcia. That storyline's moving on well enough. And the MJF thing, they've turned me around. Like, I was very... I think I'm dubious, you know, as we said earlier, on MJF being a babyface. I don't love that we're at in this situation. But if we are in this situation, as far as telling that story and making the Moxley match more interesting, I think they're doing a great job with that. So, yeah, I thought it was a great dynamite from a storytelling point of view and i thought yeah it was a great dynamite from a an engineering point of view no no fat on the bone for me um as far as this uh this dynamite went yeah this was an incredibly easy show to watch and this is what i think there's an overall if there is a pattern like not ratings patterns and the like over the last few weeks is it feels like since all of the kickoff that it's been a much more a little bit more streamlined a lot more focused less convoluted if, if anything else, don't get me wrong, not absolutely everything hits, but then there's so many factors that go into a two-hour wrestling TV product, and then particularly this one, that they're juggling so much stuff. But if you notice, they're starting to tell show-long storylines. Like, my fear is when they start to bring title stuff into the mix. That's what I always find is the complicating factor. Yeah. But when they're doing actual storylines, like the the MJF stuff, and I know it's related to the title as well, but then throwing in the stuff with the firm at the end, 
and I think like you know we've 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 been down this road that it feels like it's the faux baby face kind of like turn and the rest with of it. MJF specifically make- by the way we have done it like yeah. I was going to say that before like I think Will brought this up on Twitter you know he did it in the punk feud he he does it in Long Island you know we've had <laughs> this might be the yeah. fourth or fifth time we've been uh, teased uh, about him going baby face he. And I think we're going to get it, but it makes you want it more. I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that's just the idea of you're really dragging it out and teasing it. And that's what wrestling, when it does it best, it does it to the point where then when it, then the timing of when you get the kind of baby face run, then that's the thing that tends to explode. But I think it's the idea of they're telling show long storylines. And I think there is like, a, it feels like a lot more interest to it. The matches themselves, like you say this week, like across the board, I was like, well, like going through the ratings on Grapple, there was nothing on there that I was like, oh, that was a bad match. Stuff like you do Jamie Hayter Rio and you kind of think to yourself, that is the, I hate Rio's theme music. I've said this many, many times, <laughs> but there is something about her when she appears on Dynamite, she has good matches. Like that can't be denied in really in any way, shape or form that she becomes like some, you know, and Jamie Hayter, feels like you know uh very much that kind of hot talent even if you don't know what they're gonna gonna do with it but you know the t- i thought as well i want to say that the ftr swerve in our glory match like i really i i did I, 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 all the matches are on that i thought i really enjoyed this i'm really enjoying swerve strickland i have to say and i'm building up to and it also feels as well oh, hopefully the rampage do- thing <laughs> did that not t- sell you that the whole oh. movie <laughs> skip they did with the music in the background oh shit no i didn't see rampage oh, oh my bollocks yeah he, um, he kidnapped billy gunn and there was foreboding horror music in the background <laughs> as he Fuck. uh had him held on a, on a on a chair backstage i think the implication was he either stuck some scissors up his ass or cut his fingers off or not oz mate you can't be doing that <laughs> It was awful. It was so bad. It wasn't game change. I mean, people overreacted. You're not surviving that. So I don't care who you are. He was he was hamming it up as like a hoagie. And I think it was, yeah. I'll give him the pass. And I think they were trying to do like a Halloween. It felt very Bray Wyatt. It felt very like, oh, come on, lads. This, no. lead, lead this shit to WWE. But other than that, yeah. I agree though. He's been brilliant. He's been fantastic. He's been a revelation yeah. to heel. Like this story has been it- very well done. And I, I wasn't high on him and Keith Lee getting the tag belts. I wasn't really high on them as a team. But as a vehicle for this story, it's I can't argue that it hasn't worked it- out. It's, Swear feels like the- one of the biggest stars on the show. The problem is, is as with AEW recently, and particularly this year, this third year, I've just been thinking, well, what do you do next? Like after this, where are you positioning him? Because like, if it's just going to be, he's going to feud with his, with his, um, you know, with Keith Lee, they have their feud, then what? He's just another cog in the wheel. Yeah, that's a problem. Like Andrew said, he'll disappear for six weeks then. He'll get rotated out. (laughs) It's mean, You want to move him up. It has that kind of level of meaning than whatever the match storyline that you're being told is, in the sense that you know that these are two guys who are fresh, not having gone to other companies, that there is potential in them, that they've both got a level of athleticism, you know, it, it, it's the thing that Wardlow has been showcased a lot more, but Hobbs has like, if you look at Hobbs when he first came in and you look at him now and you look at just how defined and how much he works again, dictionary definition of a unit, that's the kind of match you put on for 10 minutes and you go, that was an absolute cracker. And then, you know, would, would do well, but are they going to do anything with Joe and the rest of it? It's, 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 
it's those kind of, you know, things that are there. And in terms of the main, yeah. But it was another solid week. And this is the thing they need to do. And, and I suppose even, you know, we're as guilty of it. Certainly I am as much of it as anyone is. You look at the ratings on the week to week. That then directs, well, was, was it a good TV show or not? And you think, well, the rating is, and the rating this week was, was fine. Just literally just under a million. So, but that's not it. It's like, what will work will be if you're telling good stories and does the stuff land? Do they grow on this million? Do they ho- hover around that mark even when they're up against strong competition with all the various sports? If they can do that, that's when we know the stories are connecting. That's when we know the buy rate will be good. And I think the idea of having like what is clearly a very motivated MJF and a very motivated John Moxley is the kind of like, that's what you want in a pay-per-view build. And that's when you don't have the punk or the elite drama there to cloud it. That's the stuff that works best. And it's almost like you want them to come, you want the elite to come back into a locker room, like where it's like, actually you shouldn't be the focal point of this TV show. You've kind of, you know, with the bucks. With the elite. Because I I, I would say, because I almost think like because they're going to come back and they're going to do a six man match, aren't they? Like despite the fact that's that probably going to give a shit about trios titles and Pac have become singles wrestlers. Like again, apparently they they are the six man champions allegedly. They're going to go straight back to that. I don't know if I agree with. I, I think Kenny Omega should be the focus of the show. It should be a big deal. Kenny's back. He should be. But no. Kenny Omega, who understands what his role should be in the company, not what he wants his role to be, it goes back to that conversation, doesn't it? Um, yeah. It'll be a killer match, though. It'll be another, like uh, they haven't missed as far as those big, uh, those big six yeah. man matches. But yeah, I don't, there's I don't a few in there, right? Kenny Omega and MJF. Yeah, that could be fascinating. Think of the stuff that the MJF could like basically cut off on Kenny Omega about. Be great fun. And if Punk when, he, when he's gone and he he signs his buyout. Are people who are just going to start laying into him every week on TV? I just wonder okay. where we're not going to end up in that world. That might be an Court Cabana is instantly coming out to like a hero's reaction. You think he carried out the ring? Imagine if Cabana's the uh, ROH challenger for Mate. this week coming up. There. They have to clarify it. I mistakenly thought it was uh, had to be a world champion. Apparently, it's any ROH champion. He was tag champs with Punk as the second season. It's uh, it's certainly thought, possible. Is it meant to be Ishi? The risk of sounding slightly disappointed. He was a Ring of Honor TV champion. Oh, he was one. He, he didn't know what the belt was. Remember, he cut that promo. No. Like, I don't know what this belt is or what it means, but anywho. <laughs> he knew what the Rev Pro title was. He fucking loved that thing, didn't he? But this one, he's he take or leave. Christ. I uh, don't know if I want to see that. Um, but yeah, any, any notes on the in-ring match-wise? Like I say, I, I, thought, the, I thought the opener was very good. I think Cla- Claudio literally... Yeah. Like the spot said it all about this match. I don't know. Claudio was another one of them. He came in. We were wondering if he was surplus to requirements. He came in. He had a he had a slotted role as ROH champion. Clearly, Booking has been upheaved. There's been upheaval with Punk going out. Parts have moved. They put the belt on Jericho. He did feel a bit forgotten. Now they seem to be heating him back up to presumably maybe face Jericho at the end of all this mm-hmm. ROH stuff. I've got to say, if you're going to do that, like literally, he fucking. Mo- that, that spot where he went from in the ring and then went r- basically round the perimeter ring mowing down every member of the Jericho Appreciation Society yeah. ending with Jericho and ending and winning 
you can't you can't heat up anyone better than that. You can't put anyone yeah. stronger over stronger than that. I really enjoyed that. I thought that was great, and I think that you know he's he's been a bit of a forgotten man um, the the last few weeks, and I was mm. glad to see him in the uh, in the center of something again. And presumably that's where that's headed. But I thought the match was very good too. Really enjoyed it as a match. Yeah, I'm with you on that, and I think when it comes to Claudio, I just I don't like the existence of the Blackpool Combat Club. Like I'm probably in some mad minority. I'm like in on that front, but I don't want him there because I think he gets him clogged up into other stuff. However, if the plan and it seems to be, so you go a final battle. He's the he's the um, he's the he's the challenger. He wins it. It's a focus of a show because when he did win the Ring of Honor title against Jonathan Gresham, it was the oh, it was the opener. So Good this way, fresh. this is. Yep, with Grumpy Gresh. So we'll talk about his other title match this week. You know, so that's the the, the kind of thing where you, they definitely can be using him better. But you want him out of out of that because you want him out of Blackpool Combat Club because you just don't want him to. Again, I talk about cogs in a wheel. That's what we've had with Andrade. That's what we had with Malachi Black. It's just all of these people who they brought in. Like it's amazing that kind of splurge of talent that we're all very excited about in many ways. It complicates so much stuff, like the amount of of like people you thought, well, hypothetically they could do this with them. It's like, well, you can't do it if you've only got this much TV to allocate them. You're not going to be able to deliver on what the potential promise is unless you cut away other people's time. And at least, yep. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He's one of them, Eddie. Yeah, I agree. Who felt like he was going to be a massive star, didn't he? Where are we now? Um, after they say we talked uh, the swear, uh, swerve and, and Keith yeah. and stuff. Yeah, after our swerve and our glory, just to say, I gave that um, four stars on the app. Messy match, but in a way better mm-hmm. than some of its parts. Like the overall structure was good. And oh it, yeah, they were over ambitious. I thought with some of the spots. I think that was the word that kept popping in, into my head watching the match itself. But very good match. Good to see FT on a prominent position. To be honest, like I didn't hate this. Like I, I thought as a way to answer that critique that FTR themselves keep making about being number one contenders. I thought this was if, if we are doing away with the rankings, which it seems we basically have at this point, just do this. Number one contenders match they lost. There you go, there's the end of that story. Whether you love it or not, FTR can go work with the ass boys and Swerve and Argori can go back with the uh, the acclaimed. Um I thought that was smart. Smart booking. Um I just yeah. hope it's I wanna just want to see more FTR, especially in the build final battle, I want to see more FTR tag matches on Dynamite. Well, um They are gonna be away because they are gonna be a battle autumn and they're probably are they gonna be in tag league? So it can't be everywhere. There is a, that's a problem. Yeah, there is a point where I think they're not going to be around towards certainly like for like a large swathe of December. And I don't know. Does abs like if they ever use the TV footage of of you know AEW wrestlers and other promotions? That's why I think it's smart to have some big names on that dome show because you want to have them look at us. We also have wrestlers who wrestle in stadiums in front of large crowds. Like I, I think the optics of that is something quite important. If you can, if you can have that, so very true. But yeah, um, another another good episode. Uh, any thoughts on da- yeah Danielson Gar- Garcia? Probably to be honest, Danielson Guevara got maybe three point seven five four. And Steph was very negative on um, Sammy getting so much offense in there. I saw a few people make that that comment. To be honest, uh, I didn't mind it. I think as long as Brian won at the end, it's not like Sammy is maybe in our heads. You know, he's lost. He has he's lost a lot of lust there. He hasn't got much mm. momentum. 
but they do protect him. They do present him as like you know he was in the title eliminator tournament. They treat him <laughs> like he's upper mid card, even if maybe we don't yeah. necessarily believe he is. I had no problem with that. I thought it was a cracker match. Like I said earlier, and like I said on the weekend show, I want to see Danielson move on now and do more of these matches. Yep. You know, if he's not going to do, yep. if he's not going to be in the world title picture, which don't get me wrong, is plan A for me. If he's not plan B, have him out there and kill the matches every week on Dynamite. It's not hard, is it? Easy to book. Yeah. Do it. And get back to it. It was a simple structure, but it also holds like the the show together. If you've got like that kind of like solid matches in there, and I think that's what they went for. Like it wasn't, it just didn't feel like an overloaded show, and it felt like the matches actually had time to breathe yeah. and make sense. And I think you 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 really you only appreciate that when you see it and you realize you're not rushing through stuff because this you know an episode of Dynamite can have almost as many matches as this at times this had five matches on it like you think to yourself like an episode of rampage will often have four squeezing it in there with a couple of pre-tape bits five at times you're like bloody hell too much calm down yeah and that's it and they timed it out well in that like it felt like okay we've got time here at the end you know to do the angle that was the weren't rushed off the air in any way i do have like as much as i love the show i do have some misgivings about the fame i mean you know, they're going to be a trivia question in about six months because none of us are going to remember this run ever happened. Um, I almost wish there was a... I mean, there's one obvious, you know, in black and white on paper, but I do wish there'd be some kind of established heel stable that could maybe have uh, filled this role rather than, you know, whatever they're doing with Stoke, who's just not landing for me in AW. I don't know what it is. No. It's not really working. Um, nope. This is his highest profile stuff. Maybe they'll turn the corner um, on it. But yeah, I suppose they're just the goons that are, that are that are method, that are way to get to the next step, which is, you know, MJF helping Moxley and that. A plot device. Yeah, presumably. Yeah, they're, um, you know, that, that's what they are. And, you know, presumably MJF will eventually turn and it'll all be forgotten in the end. But yeah, I thought it was, uh, it worked as, as a plot device. So overall, yeah, very good show. Um, all in all, uh, Dynamite, I thought. Hopefully, we get the uh, the same uh, on this uh, this Wednesday uh, coming up. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, anything anything else for you on uh, on AEW Mick, before we move on? No, no, I think we're I think we're all good on AEW. Surprisingly positive for us, I think. Uh, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, well, it was a good show. Like, yeah, if it's a good <laughs> show, generally I'll say it's good. Like, it's yeah. in in May. It's you know, I know there are things at times that can kind of like one of the things I've banged on about is the way they tell stories. And it does feel like in these last couple of weeks that when they've had more folks on the show, they've told their stories better and that makes for a better television product and cut down the amount of fucking people you have on the show. And then you're also kind of giving other people proper room to breathe. And then that feels more worthwhile, particularly if you call Wheeler Utah, in which case I expect the show to be called All Wheeler Wrestling by the, the end. <laughs> well, Lee Moriarty's moved us to that spot. I was going to say this. The other yeah, card yeah. this week coming up, we got Daddy Ass, Billy Gunn's Birthday Bash, which is a phrase I didn't think I'd say. But I'm sure, based on the, the scissoring statement or whatever the fuck that segment was, I'm sure it'll be good. Looking forward to that. Darby Allen, Jay Lethal, I'm less looking forward to. Let's hope Darby Allen can put Jay Lethal in his, uh, in his rear view. Soraya and uh, Britt Baker are doing a sip downward ring. Actually, I'm not so much looking forward to that either. However, Jay Cargill, Marina Shafir on the show. Orange Cassidy against Luchasaurus and Phoenix. Kind of like this uh, Orange Cassidy just taking three-way match. If the if the Atlantic title is just a three-way belt, it might make more sense and have more of a its own unique identity. Maybe that's going to be the way with Orange Cassidy just being like, I can't be arsed facing just both separately. Let's just do a three-way. I kind of. Of a, 
I kind of like that gimmick. Jericho will be the former ROH champions on the show, and yeah, as I say, Moxley Lee Moriarty um, is on the show in a in one of their uh, World Championship Eliminator matches, whatever that means. But hey, it'll be a cracker match, so you know, whatever. He doesn't need a fucking tournament. He's to that <laughs> knock that on the fucking head. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, moving on from uh, from AEW, then we'll get into some uh, other things we've mm. watched. I know we both watched uh, a few different things from uh, from New Japan um, this week. Obviously, they had the uh, the New York show. They had the night before the New York show, as uh, as Andrew mentioned before. They had um, another one of the endless. What's the what's the current tour called? Um, Battle Autumn. Battle Autumn, which carries on through to this weekend. Yeah, another one of them shows. There was a TV show. Um, but actually, to be honest, going back a week, it was one of the Battle Autumn shows. Probably the thing I'd lead off with as far as me and you, Japan, viewing mm-hmm. this week. Finally got a chance to see uh, Ishii and Ren Narita. It's free on YouTube, by the way, folks. I didn't realize that until uh, this evening when I was uh, squeezing it in uh, before Spotlight. Up there, English commentary, 15-minute video. Kind of made me love this belt, to be honest. Uh, I'm not sure anything else in the tournament's quite for me, but yeah, very much uh, enjoyed this with uh, with Ishii and uh, and Little Shibata, which is uh, what Renamarisa basically is at this point. Yeah, he is. Um, I I really enjoyed this. Um, like I went four point two five. Like I think there's there's a lot of like kind of ratings of of people coming in various. What's it trending on the app currently? Well, I'll bring it. Um, up. Yeah, but I think as a match, it it worked because it felt for the first time that that's what this tournament should be. So it felt like it should be, in theory, about elevating new stars. Now, the match before this had Great Okan, Torriano, and then Great Muta coming out when they turned the lights off, spitting mist in his face, which is, you think about it, it's Torriano pinning Great Okan, who hasn't held a singles title belt of... Like you know, something you, a wrestler you could do something with who could fall into that category of, of you know, a younger wrestler, and you see that. But with this match, it felt like everything about it kind of clicked. And there's a few things here where, like, you've got the fact that New Japan needs someone to come through. The Narita gimmick, and this is something Andy mentioned earlier on, it's it's not really a gimmick. It it's like it's a gimmick in the sense it makes complete sense. He idolizes Katsuyori Shibata. He went to LA after, you know, leaving the the New Japan Dojo in Tokyo to go and work with him. So he's going to base his style and his movement and his looks around his mentor. That's not crazy. There's not like oh, it's it's not like it's not like single white male or sort of single white female, I should say, the film where he's trying to imitate him or something like that, and it's some creepy <laughs> it's psychosexual. It's a bit weird. There's not a there's not a creepy psychosexual sort of within the context of wrestling. It kind of makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, hang on, the, the shit kicker gimmick worked for you, so it'll work for me. They also need some people in this role. They desperately need them. People who can fill these kind of roles in the card. Something him in there exciting. against someone you can follow. Yeah. Like, oh, I want him to. I want someone to do good. I've got so I've got a home team. You know, I've got so I've got a young. What's yeah. that? You with the young footballers? You know, it's a it's a yeah. it's a full <laughs> young line. Yeah, young line to follow along. Yeah. I was just looking at 4.34 as the average on grapple right now yeah. for the match. It's interesting because I know you, you said you're a little bit lower on it than uh, the most. I think people maybe have talked it up almost. Like, I'm recommending people watch it, but don't go in expecting a five-star match. It's more in no. that. I would say it's in that four-star range. Maybe 4.25 is as high as I'd go on it, which I suppose isn't far off the average, but people have gone a lot higher based on the, the rating I can see. I mean, he's not Shibata. 
that's the other thing to say in here as well. Like, even though, and I did love this touch, the match started the way that the famous Ishii Shibata match started in the G1 where they just ran at each other. Like, I loved that to it. But it wasn't really that type of a match necessarily. It felt like this is like boss villain tests that someone like Narita has to go through in order to establish himself. It was the perfect venue of it being Kurikan as well. The fact oh, you had the crowd being able to cheer, exactly. They had an easy storyline for them to understand of former young lion coming back who models himself on someone who the fans love against someone like Ishii who they love but also recognise that he forms that kind of dad boss villain that these guys have to go through. And he did. And he didn't look out of place. Um, It's going to, you know, there's still more time and other things like that, but it's incredibly encouraging. And it does make you think, okay, if they can do this with some of the other young lions that they filter back in, that they're not being brought in with daft, wacky gimmicks where, you know, Kawato goes to Mexico and then comes and then inexplicably turns into a magician in a forest dressing in all blue. It's just like, have them come back as the kind of people they've become while they're away, which is the fucking point of the excursions in the first place. So Yota Suji should be someone coming back. Not in, I don't think entirely dissimilar to what he is really now within kind of Rev Pro with a few tweaks here and there. But it, it does give a bit of encouragement. He has to win this tournament. I know he's had the match against Yano. I'm, I'm hoping to Christ he won. Well, yeah, yeah, he's gone over Yano to, uh, today. Thank I think it God. was uh, eight minutes. Uh, don't know if I want to watch it, but um, <laughs> he, he, he uh, I don't know. I think this match, like you can imagine it in your head. To be honest, like it is, you know, Ishi is like you know the the veteran. I am listening, but I'm going to run for a brew on the other. Don't court, go for so it. Go for it. Narita's, Narita's kind of fighting from from underneath, so it's you know it's the match you'd expect to see. But the biggest thing for me was you almost expect. I know you're wired to think, okay, yeah, he's going to put up a good fight and then he's going to lose at the end. And the thing that made this for me was like, he actually won at the end. You know, that there was a point in the match where I think Nishi hit the, it was the sit down lariat, which I think six months ago would have been the finish and it would have been over. It just felt good to see, you know, I know it's it's Ishii taking, taking a loss, but whatever. It felt good to see like a, a young lion kind of, you know, what was a young lad in Ren Narita get, get a win like that and get, you know, that big moment. That yeah, definitely, definitely. And yeah, it, it it felt like it meant something in front of a hot crowd. It felt star-making. Um, and it's like Ren Narita's has been bubbling under, you know, when he's had other, you know, well-regarded matches. But I think this is the one when it comes to in a couple of years, people are going to point to as like, you know, the the kind of, the turning, the turning point for him. So, yeah, very much enjoyed that. But, yeah, can't see myself uh, rushing out uh, for the uh, for the Yano match. But, yeah, hopefully it's uh, hopefully at this point, JP, it's, it's his tournament to lose and we're, you know, we're going to be talking about it. As He's perfect. Having these 15-minute sprints. Let's just do that. Let's, let's go. And that was the other appealing thing about this. Like, so yeah. on YouTube, knowing it was only going to take 15 minutes of my time and, yeah, you know, yeah. if you've got a 15 minutes spare, definitely squeeze it in. The other thing from New Japan I did throw on, I threw on the, uh, the New Japan New York show. I feel like maybe I watched the wrong end of the card. Like I threw the, uh, just for a limited time, threw on the, uh, the you know, the main events to watch the uh, the big stuff at the end of the show. <sighs> did I make a mistake there, JP? <laughs> it feels like I probably did. Uh, I don't know, it felt a bit, as much as I felt positive about the atmosphere in that uh, Narita Ishii match, like this looked like an impact tape to me. It was like dark and... <laughs> Badly mic'd and the crowd terribly mic'd sounded not up to it, but I'm sure they were. 
Uh, maybe we, next time we get Karen on, we can ask about a live experience there. But yeah, didn't um, didn't think much of the last two matches, and yeah, didn't have me desperately thinking, oh, I, I should be watching the undercard. But maybe I'm wrong. I would recommend like reading Karen's review on this because obviously she was at the show for it as well, um, and that's up on Post Wrestling, and it's it's. it's brilliant she's a brilliant writer and goes we haven't so, been bought by post wrestling folks promise you feel well that's it isn't it we're, we, we're just starting up trans, transfer rumors here aren't we we're just poaching <laughs> see at this point he says i recorded wh last night um <laughs> we but left it is the corner after the live show so yeah maybe there's something we did, <laughs> but it, it is one it is one of these um you know um things with this show where I think all the interesting stuff for me is all the undercard stuff. That main event for me was just like, it was a house show main event for what it was, but you're right on the production values. There is an issue with this when they go to the States because I looked at the venue and I sort of, and I thought, well, this looks like a, a kind of like a decent venue. It's a music venue. So you imagine the acoustics be good. Couldn't hear the bloody crowd. Andy says in the chat, wasn't it hundred dollars to buy a cap at the merch stand? That's the other thing as well. It's gouging like, these American fans. Jesus. Yeah, and it is a thing that's part of their strategy for this year. Like they've run a lot of shows in the US because we talk about them all the time when we're doing the weekend show. You know, we're talking like quite often there is like some show on Fight TV. However many buys they do, let's say just 5,000 for the sake of argument, it can't really be a lot. And it's not like all the stuff that's storyline-wise that you might follow in New Japan Strong, that's all going to be on the undercard. And the main event is like, well, we know what the Tokyo Dome main event is. It's This is just a mean to have them kind of face off on the build-up to that as much as anything. And that's, that's really it. So I did think, yeah, you watching the kind of main event, like you don't really see stuff. I mean, I thought the other stuff in the card that was better. I mean, did you see the street fight? I did. Yeah. I saw like between yeah. Shingo and ELP. Shingo felt like a fish out of water in that, but it's Shingo and he, he could put him in a death match. It's mm. great. It's Shingo. Uh, I don't know. Did you buy main event LP? Like he's one of the uh, alleged success stories of, uh, of New Japan the last year um, or so. I well, I was thinking about this with him today and it's like, well, where do you go with him? Because this is the problem with New Japan. Quite often they'll have someone find a gimmick and then they're in that gimmick what feels like for an eternity and they get very stale and you think, you know, he's an adult and he's calling himself El Fantasmo and we're not going to speak about that. Maybe that at some point, if you want him to be more serious, does he need to have some sort of name change? Does he need to come up with some, does he need to come up with some name with the initials ELP for it in order to kind of fit in with it? <laughs> like Elliot, Elliot, Elliot Luxton Prince or something daft like that. And he comes from some he's Canadian. Like he's like, just stuck with it now. We've all, just, we've all, and I'm sure Tony Khan sat there and gone, what can mm. we call him? Saurus? Lucha Monster, there's no name. You, you just talk. That's just his name now. We're, we've got to go with it. That's what he is. Yeah, the the dark. Yeah, the 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 black dinosaur. Really, isn't he? He's like he's. He, that's all they've done with him. They just sort of, they've you know just added a dark tint to his um his thing on the LED screen behind him, but nothing else of any real any real interest. I mean, I think in terms of this match, I thought it was fun. And I could see why the crowd would have enjoyed it. There was a lot of stuff that felt quite soft, like you're watching it and going, this feels weird. And then it would inexplicably, you know, before you know it, it'll, you know, they're cut open. I'm thinking, how the fuck did this happen? What happened here? This is all gone. 
slightly like kind of haywire, but I thought it was fun. I mean, you know, again, I went, I was slightly higher on this. I went 3.75, like, because I, I kind of didn't like, want to see it. <laughs> but I get why. I'm not invested in New Japan right now. So, you know, if this is a story mm. that people are invested in, they wanted to see these two have a street fight, cool. Yeah. I know it was, it was like a, you know, a fan vote thing, but oh. no, I didn't. It just, yeah, I, I don't want to see that in New Japan. I don't want to see this type of match. I want to see Shingo <laughs> in a more pro. He's had a weird year, Shingo. Like, what, yeah. what is he in New Japan at this point? You forget he was a former world champion. That's it. And it was during a period where they really needed people. Like, I mean, he was very valuable to them. I don't know if they're in the point of it's a bit of a time off period of time. So he'll do these rather than having to work the hard grinding schedule Shingo, that he uh, has done. He's not young. with him when he makes the uh, Observer Hall of Fame if uh, if Alan gets his way by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> should go for Hall of Fame dot doc. Fucking should be, doesn't it? Like, I, I think, he'll I make think that he'll case if you don't agree. Oh, my God. Follow Alan he'll, I tell you what, he'll go around and he'll trash Dave's office if he doesn't. <laughs> like, just go, right, now get on video, you bastard. Like, uh, after that. Um, but I think it's like, you know, it's... I could see him at the dome because that's really kind of where our minds should end up going to. Cause we're in that kind of era where they're going to be that time of year where they're going to be building up that card. And all I can see with Shingo is like working where he fits in with anyone else, where he works with any titles. And all I can think is he's the perfect person to do a big match with someone from AEW. He's like, actually that's the kind of match you would want to put him in there. Something you, you need to. What do these, what pop quiz? What did he do with forbidden door? They put him in a six-man with yeah. Sting and Darby Allen, the natural, you know, compatriots of. Uh, I don't think Tony Khan's uh, watching enough Shingo recent to... New Japan to know that Shingo matters. <laughs> like, I don't think he was like he mattered at all. He was just. But if Ghetto's, if they're getting, I don't know, it won't be. But if they had Danielson and you're not putting him in a title well, pitch, you put him in a... that, Some point that yeah. they're not going to. It's they got to see Al Dynamite no. that night. That's not happening. But if you're getting someone in who is a big, I don't know who it'd be, even if it was Pack. Let's just say for argument's sake, which would mean something because him being in Dragon Gate for a long time, put him in there with Shingo. Then they'll have an absolute banger and that's what people will remember. Like, I think that's the best position for him on here. As for this card, it was because he's a proper New Japan guy. It's the kind of thing that's going to get the the pops from that crowd. It's just a shame that the crowd wasn't mic'd so well because it sounded like they didn't give a shit. Like is what I became convinced. And I was like, nah, they're really badly mic'd, aren't they? But yeah, I was, I was slightly higher on that than 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 you were. Any other highlights from the other card you want to mention? Uh, the oh, I want to mention Minoru Suzuki, Clark Connors. Clark Connors got injured after, you mentioned Forbidden Door. He was one of the people who came out going, this guy's fucking good. And he is. And it's like that wild rhino character, which sounds daft, I know. He actually is one of those people where it feels like it suits him. It suits who he is as a person, as a wrestler. So you think, okay, this kind of works. Well, it was a normal Minoru Suzuki match. Don't, you know, I wouldn't go anything kind of crazy about this. Uh, uh, but what he did is he gave him a little bit more. It felt like it took a bit more from Suzuki and he showed a bit more weakness than what you would normally see. And he kind of shows presence and charisma and there were points when it was like coming to the catches catch can stuff at the beginning he was taking down Suzuki who isn't going to be the kind of guy that if he doesn't think it's worthwhile he's not going to allow you to do that but he did and so it felt like while you got your usual Suzuki match 
it was the thing that he had to work that bit harder in order to beat him. And then they had Clark Connors come out to the ring with Ken Shamrock at the beginning, who then had a hug with Suzuki at the end after they kind of tease something there, which obviously then goes back to Pancrase, another professional wrestling that they, they've done throughout. But that's an easy crowd-pleasing touch of having Ken Shamrock come out there. I think that's that's quite like a, a nice thing to do. So I enjoyed that. I went three and a half stars on that. Aussie Open aren't the lost the open weight tag team titles in a three-way. Mr. City Machine Guns won, and that's why they put in DKC and Kevin Knight. Um, they, I didn't know if this was our Aussie Open going to Japan proper, or is this just one of these short little feuds with Motor City Machine Guns where they'll have them win on the next kind of featured New Japan show in the US and they can easily do that. But um, I did wonder on that. But it's more the people of how they're coming back and how they're being... So Shota Umino got the pin over, um, I want to say it was Jarrell Nelson in the um, in the six-way. Uh, in the six-way. And then you had, you know... Fred Rosser beating Gresham, beating Gresham in a pretty nothing match. To be honest with you, it was three stars. It felt like it wasn't going anywhere. Of of the stuff, Mai Iwatani being there in the match against Kylin King, which was good. Um, it's just that what you realise is that Mai Iwatani is wrestling against some of the best women wrestlers in the world. And Kylin King is someone who, if they got her into the... if if as a result of this, she gets herself into that stardom dojo. That'll be the best thing that ever could have happened because you see how people's work rate comes up. And you also see how, even with the likes of a Tony Storm and a Jamie Hayer, how they raise their game, like when they're in there against like other, other Joshi stars. 3.25, it was good. It was, the result was never in doubt. It was about people getting to see Mayu Watani in the US and her film, uh, was it, uh, is it Runaway Wrestler or something like that? It's, it's been cast at the moment in Japan. So we're not, we'll get that on there. We'll do the double bill for with my father. My father is a heel pro wrestler. There you go. Throw that in there, Paul, at some point. No, I was going to say, um, it sounded like she, you know, she was over and it sounded like, yeah, that was a lot of people's highlights of the night. What did you make of the main event? I didn't um, think it was up to much, really. It's kind of cool to see Eddie no. Kingston teaming with Okada and the. I don't know if they were working dissension in the match or they were just fucking up spots, but that was interesting. The, the idea, I'm not going to complain. Eddie Kingston, main event in a New Japan show is, you know, Okada's tag team partner. Somebody, somebody there likes him, and that's great because, you know, he has been... Uh, I did meant to mention that on AW. got a quick promo backstage. I was just glad to see him, to be honest. I want to see more of him. Oh. You know, we're missing so many people. Let's, let, let's go with Eddie Kingston. Interest in New Japan USA going with him. Um, and I don't know we took the fall in the main event, but him being in the mix is... Uh, is a good sign, but I did think it was a nothing tag. I wonder. I wonder if he'll end up in the dome. Like, if you think of all the people they could borrow and loan, I don't think yeah. Eddie Kingston being away for a week, and they've used him on lots of cards, like throughout throughout this this year in particular. And he does have someone who likes him, like there as well. I mean, yeah, I thought three stars as a match. This was very much like an exhibition match for me. It didn't really kind of necessarily mean a whole lot. Um, but I, like you, was glad to see him there. If you said, you know, two years ago that Eddie Kingston would be headlining, you tagging with Okada, headlining a New Japan show in the US, you'd have thought, my God, things are going great for him. There's that part of me is annoyed that he was the one who got pinned and it wasn't Juice Robinson or something along those lines. However, I'm sure if you ask Eddie Kingston, he's not complaining. 
Like yeah. he's he's absolutely he's fine with that. Shit, if it means he gets into New Japan, I think that's something good for him in terms of really scratching that itch, being in a major Japanese com- uh, company. Now it's not all Japan, bless him, because we all know he loves a, he loves that. But this is massive for him, and I wouldn't be surprised if if of the AW people on the dome that he isn't one of them. Yes, we'll see. Um, well, yeah, well, while we're in Japan, I don't know, unless you had any other new Japan thoughts, do you want to move on to uh, the story I know you want to cover? Some Noah. Oh, uh, not, not so much the Nakamura thing, we've already kind of talked about that earlier. Very interesting that, yeah, under Vince McMahon, WWE, uh, Nakamura mm-hmm. was never going to get to work with her and, you know, Papa Rich, everyone's best friend, uh, allowing that to happen. Story to monitor, I guess we'll see where that goes, but... Yeah, wasn't the only uh, news coming out. <laughs> Mooter in the Hall of Fame in exchange? Maybe. Maybe that's where we're mm. going. Maybe Vegeta can go in the Hall of Fame. Um, your best mate. Fucking um, keep him there, Florida. I had to laugh at this. Like, I mean... <laughs> well, like, I saw the I saw the clip. Like, I've, I, like, I feel like... What what does he think his role is right now? What Like, does he... Is he... Okay, here's an, a question. I've heard this argued. Is he drawing houses or something? Like, is this? Is is was he ever? No. Was he was he ever a big name for Jeter? Why? No. Why can't he even like you know even even when he's out there losing matches? <laughs> why is he? Why is he coming across like he's like Hogan in WCW? You know, taking the pin and or, or Austin Aries in TNA. He might as well just stand up and walk out for for all his attitudes yeah. about how much he clearly clearly still can't get with the program and in any way put over like these these younger wrestlers that you know i would say uh, are probably more important to your future than these these 60 year old men like what is going on over and now i know that's a a regular question but you and gareth had that super loving with noah at that point in the year i was obviously more more cautious it just wasn't really for me but yeah because this cunt wasn't about the place but there's, there's things about Noah that, like, especially with Noda, no, New Japan, you know, being on the nose dive, the presentation, the wrestlers they got, the wacky interest, Ninja Mac, you know, everyone saw what we talked before, but the, the gif of him this week, everyone's seeing him in Noah. There's other wacky, you know, US names they have that kind of <laughs> make me a little bit interested from a, you know, a freak show point of view. But they've generally got a great style, great wrestlers. Like lead mm-hmm. into that maybe? <laughs> like what's what's the story, JP? What happened? I don't know. Like clearly for this one, this was meant to be and I feel so sorry for Kaita Kiyomiya because it's it, all of the things about signing up the kind of older guys has been very much proven. Now we had the match where where he beats Muto, where he beats Muto. The and the problem with that match was Muto wasn't selling at points. Now, first time I watched it, it was like, he just looks like he, he can't be asked. So he's just lying on his back, taking a figure four going, yeah, you're right, mate. Just going to have a breather. Just lie on the mat, rest rest up on my elbows. Fujita here is like, you mentioned that the key problem is, is like, what is, is, what is his role? But it's also, what does he think he, what does he think his role is? What does he think he's doing that's beneficial outside of, I'm really hard. I'm going to make sure that everyone here fucking knows that I'm actually the proper wrestler. No one cares. It is, we don't learn. People don't care so, who the shoe fighters are and who wins backstage no. fights. Who'd win a backstage fight? They like they kept on banging on sport. about. <laughs> yeah, they kept on banging on about the Fedor stuff. If he's that big a draw, why hasn't he been drawing big fucking houses the whole time? It's not like his Noah. It's, they'll talk about oh he drew a big gate. 3,700 in a 15,000 seat arena for one, 
right? So there is that. Right, let's fucking hold our horses on the Fujita as fucking mega draw, like, thing on this. Because if the evidence is he drew a big house against Fedor in his fucking pomp in K1, well, whoop-de-doo, you could put me in against fucking Fedor in 2005, and I'm sure I'll draw a fucking house as I have seven chains of shit pummeled out of me. Just that he got a couple of IWGP wins. I don't think he lost the title on those. He's, there are bits of this match because you watch this and for the first 15 minutes, he just beats the shit out of Kiyomiya. And Kiyomiya starts to have a bit of a comeback, at which point the match is so much more interesting because he does, Vegeta, to say something positive about him, kind of he does this lumbering kind of old man where he looks like he's, I don't know, like in Lord of the Rings and they'd be fighting some big fucking rock lad and he starts to stumble backwards because he's too big. There's that kind of novelty value here. Hmm. But other than that, he's just a belligerent asshole. Like he, he is. But you look at what he's doing. This isn't putting fucking anyone over. And I think I saw something from one of the Noah media managers saying half the crowd would have walked out. Really? Really? They'd have walked out. I love a good bit of Japan explaining. Like, it's one of the clean favorite things. Win. Like, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> From people who, you know, exactly. You don't understand the culture. People, people would not have that in it. This is a very different and special. Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> you don't get the culture of Japan by drinking sake in LA. That's just fucking cultural appropriation. Like, this kind of stuff is nonsense, right? This is, this is honestly to God. Like you, you, like what is the value of this? Because if you watch the end of it, the end of it's fucking embarrassing. It's one of these things that makes pro wrestling look shit because he clearly doesn't have his shoulders to the mat. It's like a, it's like a bad Frankensteiner, not because of Kiyomiya, who sells like a fucking champ, who isn't doing stuff wrong here. He's trying, he's garnering heat from the crowd for him being beaten down all the time. This guy gives him barely any offense. He does a, a, a Frankenstein after taking loads of big blows and big fucking bombs from um, from Fujita. Does it? He doesn't even put his shoulders to the mat. Like, kicks up immediately at three, like he's Bobby Fish and has the right to do it after a GTS. Starts kicking off and then just fucking walks that. out. And you go, that's the kind of thing where you go, what has Kiyomiya gained by this? And everyone pretended that he gained something by it. He beat Vegeta as much as Billy Kidman beat Hulk Hogan. And I saw, is it Adam um, from the Big Audio Nightmare make that point? And I just thought you're absolutely spot on like for this. There's ways of putting people over. This isn't putting people over. Now, Tim Thatcher came out and I saw, obviously, he didn't garner a big reaction. He's not really been positioned necessarily that way. Yeah, there's been pins and stuff, but it's, it's all been undercard stuff. I at least have hope that he's not going to go and going, right, fuck you, Kaito Kiyomiya. I'm the great Tim Thatcher and I'll do what I fucking want. No, he'll try and have a professional wrestling match with him, <laughs> at the end of which Kaito Kiyomiya will beat him clean. You know, like the way wrestling is meant to be, in the sense that it's predetermined, rather than a fucking cock-swinging um, yeah, fucking gestures from a man drinking tiny miniature beers before the start of the show. This, this oh, he had, a, he had a few drinks beforehand. Professional. 
Yeah, the, very professional. The, the standard up for yourself when you're a big star, and we kind of we make that point on this podcast. More people should stand up for themselves, and then there's being Vegeta, and it's a well, I'm tough in real life. Fuck off, like who cares? Like, but the big star stuff works on like if he's that big a star, like why wouldn't New Japan make a play for him? Like, do you know what I mean? It's stuff like like Noah do this stuff kind of out of desperation. They've got a load of these lads. Who next is Masakatsu Fanaki? like a big mega draw. It's like, no, they did shoot yeah. fighting. They had a name at that point in time when it was much bigger than what it is in Japan now, regardless of whatever rise and end up drawing. And he's not going to mean it. His job should be putting over younger people, but he doesn't want to do it. Why? Because he's a dick. And he did it in the, he did it in the most petulant way possible. Any other notes on Noah? I saw it three stars inexplicably. But, <laughs> um, Did you watch anything else? Yeah, I kind of skimmed through a fair bit um, on here. Like the the stuff with Tanahashi and Togi Makabe and Honma versus Marafuji, Yoshiki Inamura and Keiji Muto was an exhibition match that you would expect with those kind of big moments. It was a bit weird watching, um, I think it was Marafuji pinning Honma and he just kind of got, um, Muto and Tanashi just sort of sat on the ramp shooting the shit just next to each other as he pins him in there because Muto's not fucking getting up to break up that pin, is he? That was kind of fine. It was a it was a fun exhibition when Muto wasn't in the work improved. Um, I thought the tag team championship was good. Um, thought that was a really good match, but that's not a surprise. Two 50-year-olds who are fucking good, Segura and Kojima, did defeat Keno and Nakajima. I mean, God, the lariat from Kojima. If you want to hear more thoughts on Satoshi Kojima, go to PW Talks <laughs> and listen to 34L30 with me and Alan Coonan talking. Him. Yeah. And and I thought this was good, but fundamentally, who ends up putting him over? Katsuhika Nakajima, who was champion not that long ago and feels like he's really slipped down the card. And here's someone who there's many more interesting things that he could do with him. But yeah, I looked at this, I, I watched this, um, this match and I thought that that was a, that was a good solid tag team match there. Um, the other main thing was the Ninja Mac, Nin, Ninja Mac Hayata match who they like Ninja Mac. He just oh. Hayata got injured. Yeah. Oh, that's, bottle, I don't know if you like put him in a junior division though. He's a, he's a big lad. I don't know if, you, if, you, if you're adhering to the, you know, he just seems like he's a he's a bigger lad for that division, but fuck me, he does some stuff, doesn't he? Well, he could have easily been lost in the undercard of GCW <laughs> shows forever. Like, I love that he's out in, that's a benefit, he's getting work in Noah and he could uh, could well, uh, could, he's going to get better and he could well uh, be something, couldn't he? Bigger. Big Ninja Mac fan uh, over here, but yeah, I suppose uh, moving on from uh, from Noah. Um, I was gonna say if there's anything else you've watched it, just to, just a note. Uh, apparently, there's uh, some new- Raws on currently. Uh, there's some because uh, of the clocks change. There's some murmurings oh, uh, that there's gonna be NXT cuts coming overnight. So that might be a fun daily update tomorrow. Uh, we'll find out who gets to do that. <laughs> Soccer Saturday could be coming. Uh, Papa Rich is uh, getting ruthless. I wonder. I wonder who the cuts will be. I imagine it'll be. I, I think it's not. It's gonna be based on who he's bringing back, which is fucking everybody who worked for Black and Gold NXT. It's just gonna be the people, you know, the lower level people who aren't is yeah. a cup of tea or haven't you haven't seen on TV. The people who can't wrestle. Yeah, well, that, that's probably a good start, isn't it? Yeah, I don't think there'll be any dramatic. Oh, this guy was featured on NXT, no. and now he's gone. Although Tyler Bates didn't didn't he show up at OTT? Did I read that wrong at the weekend? Is he not on the? Uh... 
That's interesting. I will. I did have a lot of drinks last night, but I, I swear, I, uh, I saw that. I, I mean, I could have dreamt the fact there was an OTT show on Friday. You could fucking care in Wolverhampton. Um, that would have been a big deal three years ago. But anywho, um, but yeah, yeah that will be coming. Um, yeah, he did show up, didn't he? Um, the Wrestle House is back. Um, anywho, fuck oh, <laughs> but um, we didn't have it on the weekend show for a reason. But yeah, on the WWE front, I guess if we get any XD cut news in the next couple of minutes, we'll uh, we'll mention it. Raw's ongoing. Did you watch SmackDown on Friday? I didn't. I only saw the Bray Wyatt thing. Did you see the Sami Zayn Roman thing? Oh, you'd have loved it. I didn't. Did they? Did they? Did they corpse? Yeah, it was. It was right on the. It was probably over the line. Of like you're trying to tell a serious story where everyone's so great, like it was very well done. Like you know, I found it like of these segments, uh, like they have, you know, they had uh, you know Roman coming out because he's sick of the children arguing. Everyone plays the role. There was a point in it that was amazing where like Sammy and Jey Uso are arguing. Jey Uso forgets himself. He's like, I don't, I don't care what the the tribal chief thinks. And Roman just looks up at the camera, and everyone in the audience was waiting for that reaction. You could see. You could I don't remember who said it, but you could literally see people look at the Tron because they wanted to see what Roman's face was like, you know, as okay. so said that. Like people are invested in this stuff, whether you love it, you hate it, yeah. whether it's gone on too long or whatever. Loads of great moments in it. But yeah, Sammy was very funny with the, you know, not being very UC stuff. And like, yeah, Roman Roman cracking up was fine because it could be like, okay, we just kinda like Sammy. He thinks he's like, you know, this yeah. lovable. That's why he's in there because he cracks them up. Did Jimmy? Um, it was Jay. It was Jay. Jimmy's fine because he's playing the babyface Sammy's mate. Jay. Oh yeah. I didn't. I will say this. Watching it live, I didn't notice him at first because he was covering his face. But when you rewatch it, you can literally see he's like laughing and put you know turning his head. And then after the segment, commentary literally had to say, "You know, oh, Jay Uso was so confused that he didn't know whether to laugh or or cry about Sammy Zayn becoming a, a proper Uso, which is that like one of the lines that are the broken. <laughs> but it's like it's when you're watching anything when you're laughing along with the actors in something or in a blooper reel, you know, you'll forgive it. It probably wasn't great for the overall story, but it. It, it was in a lot of ways entertaining and you know you can if you can if you can brush it under the carpet and be like oh you know he was you know he was laughing at the implausibility of Sami Zayn being you know part of the group or whatever you want to do it it was just an entertain it was it was contagious it was an entertaining segment so yeah maybe it wasn't if it's, uh, it's optimum if it's good tv it's good tv and I think ultimately what it ends up doing is benefiting the angle which what you'd hope for is festival of friendship done right if, if, if the, the simplest comparison where it's something that gets that kind of time. I mean, you can drag this out for how much longer can you, do you think you, I mean, you follow it. How much longer do you people, think you can drag this story? I people say they should do the match at WrestleMania. They shouldn't. Sami Zayn should no. take Roman Reigns at the Montreal show uh, after whatever that February show is called. Do it there. Like yeah, absolutely fine. There's no tragedy. He probably shouldn't main event WrestleMania, but he should have a big match with him. And that's I said this on the weekend show. This is the difference. Like, uh, you know, middle of the show wasn't really much for me. You know, I'm looking forward to Walton and Rey Mysterio, like Andrew said earlier. Mm. He still has all its same faults. You know, it's you know there's loads. You know, it's so we've been talking about it for so long. It's boring. You know, picking it apart. Whereas with AEW, at least there's a bit of interest in us. You know, going into the the the, the, the min, min, minute of like what's good and what's bad. Whereas mm. uh, with WWE, it's like okay, it's a given. The production shit. The the match, the house match style isn't for me. But this stuff's very good. And yeah, I, I I'm happy to see them drag it out. And I'm happy that unlike when Vince was in charge. 
you can actually believe there's going to be a payoff. You can you can yeah. believe that Sami Zayn isn't just going to be moved. You know, isn't going to just stay as this heel undercard act. You know, in the stable forever or moved into another undercard feud. They've recognised these over. Clearly, in Montreal, Triple H took notice of that SmackDown where Sami Zayn felt like Stone Cold Steve Austin in nineteen ninety seven and went, okay, February Montreal, pencil on in, big match for Sami Zayn, and they'll get there and. The, the build will be fun too. So yeah, you, for all the negatives, you can absolutely say that's a positive. And will they have Sami Zayn versus Jey Uso at WrestleMania? Yeah, that's probably because you kind of need them for the tag belts, though, don't you? You could do something. That's with Kevin the only Owens. thing. Do something with Kevin Owens and Sami. Well, Sami Zayn. You can do Sami Roman, Sami Jay, and Sami and KO versus versus the Usos. Like get three matches out of it. Like that's fundamentally well done wrestling, even if you know everything I, isn't for everyone. If they're being, if you're having the Montreal show, and then you have to turn, and then you have, and if you're still in Canada for like whatever the the roar is afterwards, and you have Kevin Owens come out and you do that kind of build up, like you know, set in place. Okay, we're gonna have have a match, and we know it's gonna be kind of mania. It fits in perfectly. It's, it's also it's a it's a great use of the Usos. It's something different rather than having them in there against each other, one of the tag teams, whether it be Street Profits or anyone else, they kind of have that. It's, it, it rewards, like, everyone benefits from it. Like, I, I the thing I notice from the from the limited I've se- uh, bit I've seen is obviously Sami Zayn gets a lot of the plaudits, but I always come back to, like, Jey Uso. I just always think, I know, but he's kind of got the really interesting role here. Like this, And Sala Sokoa has kind of lucked out being able to kind of walk directly into a role like this and you know Sami Zayn will get will end up main eventing house shows and stuff like this over this this is the best news for Sami Zayn and like you say the, at least you have the faith that there is some semblance of a long term story well you might be disappointed the way it ends or whatever but they're going to do something uh, yeah I know that's a low bar to clear I completely you know agree that we shouldn't be cheering a wrestling company doing the, the bare minimum but <laughs> It is an improvement on what they, what they have for the last, you know, at least ten years, maybe twenty, if you uh, if you ask me. But uh, moving on from from WWE, yeah, anything else you've watched? Anything else you wanna wanna throw in before we go? That's it. No, I've been I've been uh, obviously I've had a lot on this week. So I'm not, not quite caught up with uh, with everything on there. Like I mean, rampage. I have to. I'm worrying about my rampage viewing. It slips out of rotation remarkably easily. I did hear people. There's a reason I didn't go into it, other than the the, the Strickland thing. There's nothing to talk about. It was a show. Alan likes it though. Like, and I feel bad because I know uh, Alan's uh, into it as a TV show. But uh, yeah, it's very inessential for me at, the, at this point. Um, yeah, there's nothing else I've watched really. Only plugs really. We could uh, plug the. Yeah. I, obviously, we have having Andrew on. I just saw John and Way tweet it. Is actually today is the five year post anniversary. So I'll be celebrating yes. that in you. Come along. Uh, Congratulations. Congratulations to, post. to John they and are the brilliant. Kings. The Kings and uh, yeah. yeah, John and Way are. Uh, yeah, I think, I think a lot of those Class guys, so I can't wait to meet them. Um, so, yeah, congrats to, to John and Way. Plug-wise, yeah, we did mention it at the top of the show, but we did kind of mention it last week. We've just uh, put our Halloween film club out over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, if you want to hear us uh, talk a nightmare on Elm Street and the uh, Matty pulled some numbers on uh, who were the big draws of horror, uh, that was uh, a fun listen, as you guys uh, educated me on uh, some big gaps in my uh, my film-watching history. Um that was a laugh. And yeah, as we said, we got the uh, we mentioned it to our patrons on the pre-show, Robert Brocky, one of our Kings of the Mountain. Uh, we're going to be doing a Chris Masters deep cut with him, uh, which I think is going to be a really interesting subject there. The, the, the theme, as we said on the pre-show, is more 
what happened to Chris Masters? What's the story there? What yeah. the fuck? Um, it's going to be you know about him coming in and you know get getting somewhat over with the uh, the Master Lock Challenge stuff, you know, appearing to be right up Vince McMahon's street, and then yeah, getting shit canned, coming back as a better wrestler, getting shit canned again, um, despite allegedly having the IWC classics on uh, on superstars. We'll be there. We'll be the judges of that. JP, we'll have a look. We'll see. The, uh, <laughs> the really is a juice worth the IWC Chris Masters from those Masters matches. Yeah, it's okay post-career but i think he's in a, an interesting story of uh, one of the mm. people who, uh, who never was so yeah i've got the got that coming up too yeah we have and, and there's a couple of other things you'll notice on the feed that we've got latest episode covering and all the recap i do with a uh, with wh park a couple of cracking episodes uh, you know what star wars jail is like a less fun version of world's toughest prisons that you might <laughs> well have seen on netflix occasionally <laughs> on there I've been like listening to the start of the show is just for you and WH's banter. I couldn't care less about Star Wars. Sorry, I'm not target audience, but I'm just oh. hearing you and WH go back and forth. Love having a uh, speaking of the post oh, version. Love having WH on the uh, on the old network. Oh, so, god, you! Yeah, I look forward to meeting him too. Didn't mention him before. Actually, I'll I'll get in trouble for that. WH, yeah. very much looking forward to uh, going and getting a Panda Express with uh, with him. Nice. He was doing his. He was recording long and winding Royal, uh, Royal Road with to- Filthy Tom Lawler. After he was yeah, speaking to that's me, so cool as well. So that, that's very cool. I really look forward. That's coming out. I think I want to say. So Sunday. he went from Eddie Kingston to me, and then he went from uh, from you to uh, to Tom Law. There's something in that <laughs> mixing with all. Really stuff. did, didn't he? Like <laughs> I, I, I was just there. To, I was just there to him to, to warm up his vocal cords. That that was my job with WH. But it, but I would I would um it's like I really enjoy recording those because I think this is an absolutely cracking show. So there's that. Then I also recorded with Alan. Yesterday, uh, Alan Forel on uh, for PW Torch on his 34L30 series, which is fantastic. And we had a great chat about Satoshi Kojima talking like sort of him working. Now, is it for catch wrestling uh, for CWA Otto Vance or is he working for Orig Williams in Wales? But he's on a show called Reslo, which looks like it's from like a working men's club. And it's him in 95 wrestling uh, Fit Finley. Like and they're fucking beating the shit out of each other as well. But we go through some other belters. His match against Kawada, where he wins the triple crown, his dome main event against Tanahashi, which if you haven't seen, 2011. It's like it's almost like it's the start of New Japan becoming that force of what it was in the 2010s. It's kind of like it's like you can you can trace back a lot of stuff to this. There other matches we go into about him. So that was brilliant to record. So that's up um yeah, if you're a PW Torch. Go VIP. I'm a big Torch fan. So yes. You can uh, listen to uh, to Will's show, uh, listen to our friend Rich Fan's show, listen to Alan, Tom Martin. Yeah. Gareth was on uh, Alan's show the other week as well. Yeah. Yes. Uh, there you go. Plug for our friends over at, uh, at PW Torch. I steal enough of ways to talk on points. Why not uh, Why not throw him some money? Uh, but uh, yeah, that's it really. So as plugs go, like I say, we'll be recording that with uh, that show with, uh, with Robert Brocky. So that'll be out for patrons later in the week. Uh, yeah, good. Uh, gr- but I'd say it's the first of the month, so no better time to uh, subscribe to the Patreon. But you can subscribe anytime now. They've got an anniversary building, building yeah. like, like Netflix. The day you join is the, the day you pay. So if you don't fancy joining us uh, on the 1st, join us on the 13th. Join us on the 15th. You'll be you'll get charged on the 15th or the 13th, whichever day it is, the, the month after. Common None sense. None of this New Japan world, uh, you get charged on the 1st, even if you signed up on Fuck the 30th. Sakes. 
um, yeah, look forward to uh, hopefully getting uh, a few more uh, patrons on board uh, with that uh, that improvement from Patreon. But yeah, other than that, spotlight next week. We'll uh, we'll be on the Monday again. Yep. I think Ma- Matty's busy on the Tuesday, so uh, Monday night spotlight again. Looking at uh, there is another WWE view this weekend. JP WWE Crown Jewel. So we'll be uh, we'll be talking oh, that with Matty. So yeah, look forward talking to out on the weekend show, that. aren't we? As well. <laughs> oh, we'll be previewing that, previewing uh, in New Japan, obviously on the fifth, and Carl Anderson's no show. But yeah. All that's a lot for talking, talking about the talk about the time where Carlson takes a piss on the the <laughs> never open white tile in front of a confused crowd in Jeddah. You'll have to no, oh, just yeah. go, great in joke, and they're just watching, going, right, what is this? Maybe that's the deal. Maybe that's it. They get a bit of a promo and uh, and they're glorious. Well, maybe they'll turn. Maybe they're massive Hikaleo fans. <laughs> that's the trade. Just massively underestimated it. Uh, what, what, uh, what did the king wants? The king gets. But uh, well, yeah, we'll be talking all that next week with Matty. But other True. than that, everyone have a great week, and we will catch you again next Monday night. Bye. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion? Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.